Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And on this edition, we're going to be breaking down the Saints Week 17 matchup versus the Carolina Panthers. The New Orleans Saints get the victory inside of the Caesar Superdome by a score of 18 to 10, keeping their playoff hopes alive. Uh, if the Saints would have lost this game on today, uh, they would not be in playoff contention, but they can fight uh, for the very last spot uh, in the NFC playoffs by winning next week and getting a little bit of help. But thank you all so much for, for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. And before I say anything, I just ask that everybody just go ahead and hit that like button. If you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast, if you enjoy the content, Go ahead and give your boy a, a thumbs up that everybody, you know, let everybody know that you enjoy and you like the show. Uh, I really do appreciate everybody uh, that that make this show what it is. But if you really want to show some love, uh, go ahead and hit, hit that thumbs up, man. I would really appreciate that. Uh, right now, um, I, I do want to acknowledge uh, the person that won uh, the contest that we had last week. Uh, there was a question uh, that I put out there. Um, about uh, Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush, uh, the question was, uh, running back Reggie Bush, of course, was drafted by the New Orleans Saints. Uh, what, um, he, he scored his very first touchdown. How did he do it, and who did he do it against? And, of course, we know it was that, that punt return for a touchdown uh, versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So right now uh, I want to say to uh, Chris Akuri, Chris Akuri um, out of New Orleans, uh, he's actually the winner uh, of that contest he was the first person to send that to me at state of the saints at gmail.com so congratulations to you man uh i'll make sure i get that shipped off to you he won the manscape the ultimate smooth package that is available but don't be discouraged there are going to be more contests coming up uh you know as as the weeks go by but let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the new orleans saints victory on today let's go ahead and go through some stats here I normally don't start the show by going through stats, but I just feel like, you know, I don't want to wait all the way to the end today. Uh, let's, let's start with Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, uh, he was uh, 17 of 28, 222 yards, one touchdown. Okay, he threw that touchdown pass to Alvin Kamara. Uh, Taysom Hill also had uh, 12 carries on the ground for 45 yards. Alvin Kamara, 13 carries for 32 yards. Uh, you had Adam Prentice with one carry for two yards. And you also had a wide receiver group seem like they stepped up a little bit today, made some catches, especially Mark Pass Callaway had 10 targets, six receptions, 97 yards. Who know what he would have had if he would have caught a couple of those passes. Lil Jordan Humphrey with two catches for 26 yards. Deontay Harris, which I just don't understand, which we're going to talk a little bit about in the show. Two catches for 23 yards. And of course, you know, the defense that they, they are uh, the men of the hour. Uh, led, led by Cam Jordan with six tackles and three and a half sacks. Quan Alexander has six tackles and a half of a sack. Paulson Adebo with five tackles played really well today. C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I mean, what can you say about him? Had the game ceiling interception and also that big sack uh, that, that pushed uh, Carolina back during that final drive. You also had Marshawn Lattimore uh, really going out there, being a the lockdown cor corner that we want him to be on Robbie Anderson and also C.J. Moore. Those guys uh, were not effective at all. And you also got to add guys like, you know, I, I got to give some honorable mentions. P.J. Williams played really well today. Uh, he had a sack. Uh, Jeff Heath 
Uh, he also had a sack. I mean, so you had guys that were stepping up. Um, and also I want to uh, give honorable mention to Christian Ringo because, I mean, he made some some crucial stops uh, in a running game, uh, having uh, the, the Carolina Panthers running backs uh, starting, it, you know, with negative yardage. So want to uh, give a special shout out to them. And also, man, Brett Maher, even though he missed that extra point, we got to get this guy some credit because he kept the Saints in the game. And I know probably some somebody somewhere uh, idiotically is probably saying to themselves, we need to cut Brett Maher. You got to be out your freaking mind. If it wasn't for Brad Maher, we probably wouldn't even be in any of these games over the last couple of weeks. But the defense uh, is the story. And if the New Orleans Saints are going to make the playoffs, it's going to be because of this defense. And it's going to be unfortunate uh, if the Saints don't make the playoffs because this is a defense that we've wanted for years. I mean, for years, we've been asking and wishing and praying for the Saints to have this type of defense and for them to finally have a defense when their offense can't move the ball worth a good guy, you know what, it's, it's sad. But it is what it is, man. It, it is what it is. Congratulations to the New Orleans Saints. You got to love this football team. No matter what type of adversity they go through, they still find ways to fight through it. And that is, that, that's the recipe for a great team. Other teams would have given up. They would have quit. They would have been like, oh, our quarterback, y'all for the season. You know, our guys, you know what I'm saying? They, they can't get the ball. They can't uh, go down the field. They can't score. Man, let's just go ahead and phone it in Cancun on three. But the New Orleans Saints still are fighting for their playoff lives, and this is what this team is all about. I don't understand how anybody can just say uh, or try to jump ship on this New Orleans Saints football team because this is the type of stuff that you want to see out of teams that go through adversity because when they go through adversity, when they become better, you know what the ending is going to be. They're going to fight, they're going to scratch, and they're going to claw to be the best possible team they can be. So congratulations to them. Uh, they're 8-8 eight and eight right now. They're five, at 500. Uh, they got a chance uh, to make the playoffs. They, they need to win, and they're going to need some help. But regardless, you know what I'm saying, you, you go out there and you give it your all. That, that's what it's all about. If the Saints didn't do that, then I would be really disappointed. Look, we, we I can't knock a team for being limited I, I can't do it some people want to do it some people want to complain some people want to say oh there ain't no excuse whatever it's hard for me to look at this team as if they're, they're just all hands on deck I can't do it uh another thing that I noticed man I, I, and I hate to be nitpicky like this but I'm just wondering to myself okay um I seen Christian McCaffrey on the sidelines Chris McCaffrey is out for the season. I think he's dealing with a knee injury or something like that, a hamstring or something, but he was on the sidelines. And, you know, I just think that uh, the presence of Christian McCaffrey, to me, you know, I think that speaks volumes about how he feels about the team, what this team means to him. Now, I got to be real. Um, I'm just wondering to myself, like, why hasn't Michael Thomas been on the sideline for any of the Saints home games? I'm just wondering, like, I understand that you're out for the season. I understand that, you know, you, you know, you're not going to play, but I do think that sometimes you showing up on the sidelines, maybe encouraging some of these receivers might be helpful to them. Uh, I just don't understand why. I mean, I, I mean, maybe I'm nitpicking with this, but looking at Chris McCaffrey on the sidelines, being a star player, being the face of a franchise, I look at Michael Thomas as being one of those faces of the franchise. I just don't understand why um he wasn't out there but i mean i digress but 
anyway, you know, the New Orleans Saints get the victory over the Carolina Panthers. Um, I'm just happy to see that these guys got that victory. And um, I'm looking forward to next week, man. I mean, look, you you control your own destiny. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go out there and you do what you got to do. Let the chills fall where they may. It is what it is. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and um, read some of your comments. Uh, and then I'm going to open up the phone lines. Uh, let everybody uh, chime in. Uh, we're going to start with Jonathan. Jonathan says, uh, let this false hope consume me. Uh, who freaking that? Well, look, I don't think it's about false hope. I mean, you're cheering for your team. I mean, nobody wants to see these guys fail. Um, do I think they will make some noise in the playoffs? Uh, defensively, yeah. Offensively, I think you what you see is what you get. You know, I, I think that sometimes we're looking for this offense to just, you know what I'm saying, snap and then all of a sudden like channel their inner 2008-2009 offense. I mean, it's just not going to happen, folks. I mean – we are 17 weeks into the season. If you haven't seen it by now, you're not going to see it. And I just think that what we're looking for is could possibly happen next year. It is not going to happen this year. Uh, Taysom Hill today, look, I, I, look, I think this is one of the best games that he played as a Saints quarterback. I mean, he didn't knock your socks off or anything like that. But I think that some of the decisions that he made uh, were better than some of the decisions I've seen in the past. Um, I also like a couple passes that he threw in the game, even though, you know what I'm saying, he missed a couple guys, almost had that crucial interception uh, that he threw close to the red zone. But I think that he played much better. He played more with more composure. Maybe that one week uh, off kind of helped him with his finger, you know, to be able to relax it. He didn't have to go out there and toss it around. But I do think that he, you know, played, uh, you know, a little bit better than he has in weeks uh, previous. But I mean, but at the same time, the New Orleans Saints offense is just god-awful. That offensive line is god-awful. You know, uh, I just look at Alvin Kamara. I mean, I know he has to be frustrated. I mean, he tries to find holes, and there is none. I mean, for that 30-plus yard gain that he had, I mean, that was probably the best block I've ever seen Cesar Ruiz throw since he's been with the New Orleans Saints. I mean, I have to give him props on that one. That was actually one of the best blocks I've seen to open up that hole uh, for Alvin Kamara to run through. So I'm going to give him credit for that. I mean, we bashed the guy. Uh, a bunch okay you know what i'm saying but let, let's give credit where credit is due but alvin kamara i mean he is so frustrated at this offensive line and justifiably so but i do feel like guys like ram check and teron armstead are going to come back those guys are going to try to battle it out next week if the saints are fighting for their playoff lives i'm pretty sure you're going to see ram check or and you're going to see uh teron armstead so that that should help out you know the the tackle position should be a little bit better, should be able to open up some holes for him to run through. And, um, you know, you'll probably see, you know what I'm saying, some better uh, running uh, from the New Orleans Saints with those two guys back in the lineup. Uh, let's go to Travis. Travis says, uh, Rams beat the 49ers and we beat the Falcons. We are in. So, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure the game is going to be flexed. Um, I'm pretty sure the game probably going to be flexed, probably going to be Saturday or, you know, I'm pretty sure that Rams 49ers game, is going to be the Sunday night game. I'm pretty sure that it will. So that's how I see it going. Um, but I think the Saints are probably, you know, play uh, at three o'clock or something like that. They'll probably have Philly and the Cowboys play at three as well. So uh, Taysom had a good game and six and two as a starter, but TJ going to probably ignore him again. Uh, look, I mean, I pretty much say what I had to say, right, Jimmy? 
I pretty much say that. I ain't even look at your comments. So I think that pretty negate that pretty much negates your fact that I don't give guys credit where credit is due. I didn't even see that. It just so happened to roll up on it again. But I, I appreciate that though, man. I, I like how you try to, you know, I like how you try to create that narrative and it backfired on you. <laughs> Let's see. I believe he was at one game this season. Yeah. And I, I wanna, yeah, I think he probably was at like one game. I want to say. He, I know he was at one of them preseason games when all that stuff went down and um, he was on the sideline for damage control. But I, I would like to see him on the sidelines, man. I mean, these guys out here fighting and battling. And let's just be real about this. Um, I, I'm, let me read Mike's and I'll I make my comment. Yeah, this was the last uh, I've seen Michael Thomas was the Bucks game at home when Jameis got hurt. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I think he pretty much uh, hasn't been at a game since, but – I just feel like when your guys are out there battling and scratching and clawing and trying to like make, you know what I'm saying, make plays and stuff like that. And let and let's just be serious. You know, the reason why this offense is struggling for the most part is because you're not out there. You know what I'm saying? So I just think that transparency is important. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know the relationships between these guys. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't seem like uh, Michael Thomas is like one of those guys that hangs out with his teammates. He seems a little bit of a loner, but I do feel like, um, you know, him being on the sideline would mean a lot, uh, you know, to his team to know that even though I'm not out there, I'm still with y'all. I mean, but hey, what do I know? Uh, yeah, he was on that one game. Uh, I believe he was at one game. What do you think about Antonio Brown? <laughs> ah, man. Uh <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> um who um uh, look there's some things uh that are way more important than football. Um Antonio Brown needs some help. I, I'm 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 dead serious right now. Um I feel like the NFL is doing him absolutely no favors organizations are doing him absolutely no favors by signing this guy enabling him i mean allowing him to go out here and you know just be out there on the field when his when his mind is clearly clearly not there um i do feel like he he's dealing with levels of cte i'm just being serious um i feel like he has some some mental issues that he needs to work out uh, regardless to how an organization makes you feel, um, I don't feel like that was the answer of you taking off your, your uniform, throwing it off the sidelines and walking off like that. I just think that uh, this guy just needs some help. And, you know, that's just the way the NFL is. I mean, they use you and they use you and they use you as long as you're talented enough to go out there and, and get some yards and get some catches. Sometimes they don't care about what you're doing through personally. They'll pretend like they care. Uh, they pretend like they care because they can get something out of you. But honestly, I just feel like they don't. If the NFL really cared about Antonio Brown, you will never see Antonio Brown in the NFL uniform again. I, I mean, it's just as simple as that. Um, it, it, this guy does not need football anymore. Uh, I just think that, you know, he, he needs some help. And um, just like those guys called him up and, you know what I'm saying, and, and pushed him and said, hey, man, come along, man, we'll take care of you. I think they need to have that same energy outside of football. You know, don't just wrap your arms around a guy just because he can give you about five catches, 100 plus yards and a touchdown or two. But look at this guy as a genuine human being that really needs some help. So 
I'm, I'm, I'm questioning the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization. Yeah, you're going to throw this guy under the bus now, but you knew what this guy was when he got there, okay? So um, Bruce Arians, who probably was skeptical about having him on the team to begin with, understandably and justifiably so, okay? But you, you can't throw a guy under the bus now that he's not giving you what you want, right? I think the guy needs some help, and there's some things in life that are bigger than football, and um, Antonio Brown definitely needs some help. I'm just being serious. Like, it, it ain't even funny. Like, people make jokes about it because that's that's the society that we that we live in today. Like, we like to make jokes no matter how serious the, the situation is. What I've seen is a guy who just had a, a mental breakdown in the middle of a game. But we find that kind of stuff funny. You know what I'm saying? We find that stuff hilarious, which, for me personally, I don't. You know what I'm saying? Because... I just don't think that that's normal. I mean, have you ever seen that before? Ever, right? And it's easy for us to say, oh, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, why, why and boo-hoo? We start counting guys' pockets, and we don't we don't look at these guys like genuine human beings. We don't. We look at these guys who have more money than us. We look at these guys like they drive better cars than us. They live in better houses than we do. What the hell do you have to complain about? But – I mean, this guy seriously needs some help. So although, you know what I'm saying, I, I started this statement off with a laugh, the laugh wasn't so much at Antonio Brown. It was just at the fact that, you know, we I, we, we literally were watching a guy self-destruct right in front of our eyes, and it's sad. Like, it is, man. It, it, it's sad. And some people are like, man, I don't feel sorry for him, but I do. I do, man. I mean – Mental illness, I mean, it, it, it is what it is, an illness. People want to change. People don't want to do the things that they do, but they just can't help. So I feel bad for the man. He had an incredible career. Um, do I feel like it's Hall of Fame worthy? Absolutely. But these new rules and uh, regulations that they have uh, for the Hall of Fame committee, to me, probably going to keep him out of the Hall of Fame for a long time. So that's the story of Antonio Brown, man say antonio brown thank you very much for the two dollars says i was just channeling my inner to that's all i don't even think it was channeling his inner to i think it's a difference to was doing this stuff for attention i don't think antonio brown is really doing this stuff for attention i don't i, I think he can't help himself even though you know what i'm saying you might come out there and be like oh man look at him he's doing this stuff on social media i feel like to me that's a deflection to me you know what i'm saying like I really think that this dude like is in his own head and he uses that type of stuff for us to be like, oh man, he, he's a diva or, you know what I'm saying? He's a, he's a problem. But in reality, he just doing that stuff just to deflect and not looking at the fact that he legitimately has mental issues he need to deal with. Like I, I can't just dismiss a guy like that. I, I don't, I don't believe that it's just about him getting attention. I, I really don't. I mean, this dude get more attention for what he does on the field than what he does off the field, more, more cases than not. You know what I'm saying? The reason why we liked him so much was because of what he did on the field. You know, I mean, and, and him, you know what I'm saying, scoring touchdowns and stuff like that, every time he he makes a play, you see it, like, publicized and stuff like that. So, I mean, dude just needs some help. I, I wish I could just be up there. I wish I could just be up there and just be talking about all oh, this man a head case, man. But like CTE is real, concussions are real, head injuries are real. Men, man, like mental health 
you know what I'm saying, is a real thing. Tyra says, okay, well, that's even better. I'd rather play them anyway. Uh, I didn't know they moved up. Let's see, defense and field goals. <laughs> uh, he hasn't been the same ever since he took that big hit from Burfick. I, I think that had a lot to do with it. Uh, TJ, do we uh, pass off Ruiz to another team and get a solid old lineman free agent? Man, I'm just a fan, but I see absolutely no progress in his development. Uh, DA, um, I don't know if you can pass him off, uh, but I definitely feel like you need to bring somebody else in and uh, help him have him compete. And if he doesn't like win that job in the offseason and, and training camp, I think you might need to try to trade him. Cesar Ruiz is just not good right now. I, I guess he has the yips, uh, as they call it. Uh, I just think that he's a guy that's in his own head right now. Um, the way that he's playing right now is it, not a good is not a good look. It, it's not. Um, I, I should be able to tell that you are a first round draft pick. Uh, hell, I should know that you've been drafted. Period. Versus the other guys that are on the line with you that haven't been drafted at all. Like. You look at guys like James Hurst. Like, I, I don't even, like, have you heard James Hurst's name? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I take that back. I mean, he did whiff when Jeremy Chin uh, completely knocked uh, Taysom Hill's block off. But for the most part, James Hurst, who is basically, uh, you know what I'm saying, he, he, he alternates across the line, playing better than Cesar Ruiz. Um, Will Clapp <laughs> played better than Cesar Ruiz. Throckmorton playing better than him. I just think that this guy lacks confidence right now. And um, I just think that you might need to go in a different direction, especially, you know, and have him compete, uh, you know, in the offseason because the way he's playing right now, you ain't winning nothing with that. You, you're not. You're not winning nothing. And um, you're not going to be a contributor to the running game like that. You, you need some, you, you need, you need better than what he's doing right now. Uh, like you say, as long as you're producing on the field, they love you. But as soon as they uh, you don't uh, do what they say, they uh, they chance in you uh, well, they change on you. I guess that's what you're saying, uh, Manny. Look, the NFL is a is a cruel business. You know, the the media controls the narrative. Organizations control the narrative. That's why I don't really get on this show and be talking about people and, and buying what a lot of this media people are selling, you know. I, I I don't I'm not a do boy you know what I'm saying like I, I'm just not I'm not a do boy I'm not one of those guys who you know just sit around and be like oh man I'm not gonna say this because they wanna they won't come on my show or you know what I'm saying or they won't be able they won't respond to me on social media man I don't care about any of that stuff you know a lot of them believe in that so they take the size of the franchises that's why you see some of these writers out here man all this fluff news and you're not calling it for what it is um but these organizations they know that so these players are always looking like the enemy why is it that we can get mad at players for not being on the field when they legitimately hurt but we never like question an organization about their decision about pushing that guy on the field when he isn't ready i mean that's not right am i am i i mean maybe i'm tripping uh but i want to take this moment real quick i'm going to take a, a quick break and we come back, I'm going to uh, take some phone calls. Keep it tight right here on the State of the Saints podcast. This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. 
Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes one through four. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp, black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your moral off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0 as well as other manscaped items that's manscaped.com and we're back here on the state of the saints podcast sorry about that folks your boy had to go get a kleenex you know i'm dealing with a little bit of allergies right now but uh thank y'all for tuning in um if you're just joining us so we were talking about the saints uh big victory over the carolina panthers 18 to 10 um also was talking a little bit about antonio brown as well but what do you all think about the saints uh what do you think about them possibly making the playoffs uh, some people are saying that they don't want to see the saints in the playoffs some people say they want to see this team in the playoffs so let's uh let's go ahead and talk about it all right well we're gonna go to john uh john how you doing man doing pretty good how you been it's on meeting you yeah man hey how you doing man thank you for being on state of saints podcast what you got for us my pleasure. Uh, so I, I just did the $2 donation to you saying to let this false hope consume us because, yes, we are <laughs> going to go to the freaking playoffs. I do not care if we're going to be one and done in this whole damn thing. We might as well just get in because if we weren't even trying, we should have gave up when we played the freaking Jets and the, right. and the Bucks for the most part, okay? Right, right. And just to add this on, a couple weeks ago you tweeted out that it was rock bottom for the Saints. Dude, rock bottom for us was like when we were three and freaking 13 in 2005 and we were one foot out of New Orleans. That was rock bottom for us. This is more similar to like a seven and nine season a couple years back before we started this run for the playoffs. So this is this is totally fine. I consider this a successful season regardless if we make the playoffs or not, because the mere fact that this team was resilient and the fact that we were like literally got screwed over from the word go. From get-go, from week one when we had to play in Jacksonville, then we had the freaking COVID uh, uh, outbreak, not once but twice this season. And then we had injuries galore, galore, especially with Michael Thomas being out this entire season. Our offensive line is like a third stringer. It's pretty much miraculous that we were like almost to the point where we're at the, the threshold of the playoffs. And even though that I don't think Champagne's going to win Coach of the Year for the most part, I think it's going to go to the the Bengals head coach because they did a phenomenal job, especially this week against the Chiefs. Like, Champagne deserves all the credit for this season. And spare me the notion that the Bears are going to have some sort of false hope to get Champagne. I saw that report from, like, the Ritz Eisen show. That is a load of crap. They are (laughs) – the only way the Bears – get Sean Payne through a trade as if it's like the Deshaun Watson trade offer times three. 
because like that's exactly how much they're gonna want to pay us for that. So you know, it's it's ridiculous for the most part. Yeah, I I look at the uh, the New Orleans Saints, uh, you know, playoff chances. I mean, why not? I mean, like I said, um, as long as they're out there fighting and they're not giving up and they're not quitting, I mean, why not? Yeah, just, you know what I'm saying? Like, why, why not? You know, but just if, get if, in. Yeah. Just get in. That's pretty much all it need. All it takes. Just get in. What do you have to lose? We have seen some crazy shenanigans this entire season. Like, yeah. I've seen through it all this season. Like, we don't know who's, like, the superior team in the NFC. Hell, we don't even know anything from the AFC at, at all. Like, right. one minute we think we know, but the next we see people almost lose to the freaking Jets this week with the Bucks. We've seen, you know, Kansas City go down to the uh, the uh, Bengals. You know, Cowboys, we don't know what they're hot and cold. The Packers, like they, they're going on their all-in season, but they might lose. So right. we'll just get in. That's all it takes. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, me, me personally, uh, <laughs> I feel like the Saints defense can match up with any team in the playoffs. The offense yeah. is the issue to me. You know, I, I look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, we pretty much dominate them. Uh, for the most part, even with the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott didn't knock the, knock your socks off in that game. You know what I'm saying? It was and mostly, it, you know, Taysom Hill turning the ball over and, and you know what I'm saying, them not being able to do anything offensively. So, And the past three weeks, and you notice this significantly, that it really comes down to your offensive line because even though we beat the Bucks, the offensive line did us no favors when it comes to the running game. The The Dolphins game, let's be honest here, the COVID just, just killed us for the most part. We were literally playing with like backups and practice squad uh, uh, offensive line. And even this game, this game, like, yeah, you mentioned the 30-yard rush play, but the rest of it was just a, a chore just to get Ely, at least get two yards. Right. So to me, that's going to be the biggest key if we were able to beat the Falcons one week. We got to do that first and foremost before right. we do anything else. But that offensive line has got to protect Taysom Hill and get some sort of running game because I know that uh, the Falcons, they did lose uh, Kyle Pitts, I think, uh, throughout the rest of the game. I don't know what his status is, but he's going to be a trouble. And I know that is the running back who – killed us in the last game we played that's going to be a big issue for us to protect him as well so right. that's going to be a big key so yeah yeah i'm interested to see what's going to happen man i mean look you just go out there and you just lay it all on the line and whatever happens it happens should be interesting man but uh john yep. thank you so much uh appreciate the call man all right take care you guys be safe and the saints are going to Super Bowl. let's go <laughs> <laughs> right, thank you john appreciate it man yeah i mean look uh, I mean, John has some interesting points there. You know, I mean, I I I do not believe in his offense though. I, I just don't like. I feel like the defense can match up. The defense can make it tough for any team, but I just think that it just comes a time when your offense is going to have to respond. And when you go into the playoffs, when everybody's good, you know, everybody's staying up, burning the midnight oil, trying to find ways that they can. Uh, exploit, uh, you know, saying your your limitations. So I don't know, man. I mean, I trust this defense. I feel like the defense, you can take them anywhere they can win. Uh, but this offense, uh, you know, I don't, I don't believe in it. I, I don't. I don't think that the, the offense can do anything. I mean, nothing that I've seen from this offense can is convincing to me that they can go out there and put up 
you know, X amount of points. And I just think that that might be a problem. If the defense has a bad game, I mean, it's curtain for the Saints. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and go to the OG of the State of the Saints podcast. We're going to go to Jerry. Jerry, what's going on, man? How you doing? Happy 2022, TJ Jones, the host. Yes, sir. Of the State of the Saints podcast. How you doing tonight, brother? Man, I'm doing just fine, man. I'm glad that the Saints got the victory. Yes, yes, so am I. And I'm happy they finally got a touchdown, too. My goodness. Right. It's been a minute, huh? Uh, yeah. I thought those things were urban legends. I, I thought I thought they were urban legends. I, I didn't know that, man. I thought they was up there with the Loch Ness Monster and, and uh, Sasquatch. I, I, I didn't think... <laughs> I didn't think touchdowns existed anymore, man. I just My thought that, God. you know, we just kick field goals when we get down to the red zone. But That's all we've hey. been doing as of late. I mean, and, 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 I, and I, I don't want to ask this question right here, TJ. And also, shouts out to everybody in the chat. Y'all y'all, can answer this question, too. Y'all, when, when is the last time that the Saints actually scored touchdowns? When is the last time that happened? I'll tell you. The last time the Saints <laughs> scored touchdowns was a couple of weeks ago when we played the Jets. Yep. And we only scored 30 points in that game. <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, the look. Last time it's been, it's the been bad, man. Touchdowns until finally yeah. today. Right. And that was a stretch. You know what, yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, I, thought, I thought maybe yes. they were going to have to kick a field goal right there. Look, man, I mean, it, it just – look, it, this is just not a good offense. And, um, you know, I know yeah. people get mad, uh, Jerry, they get mad at people like me and, you know, so many other people. But, man, I, I can't sugarcoat and go smoke know. up your tail, man. I can't do it. I know people want me to look at things and be optimistic about it and stuff like that, but I only can be optimistic about things that I'm sure about. You know, and I'm not sure about this offense. They, they are not good. Like, I don't know what people are waiting for. Or what people expect this offense to do. They are who they are, and it is not going to change. Exactly. I mean, so and when you look at defense, I mean, when you look at this defense, what do you think about the defense today? Oh, man. Like I've been saying for weeks, TJ, the defense know what they're doing. You saw, you saw that monster game that Cam Jordan had. And right. you saw that interception that C.J. Gardner-Johnson uh, that's, uh, did. When he got that interception, and then right. sealed the Saints' win. Right. And what better and what better way to kick off the new year in 2022 with the Saints' win over the sorry, pathetic, punk ass Panthers? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> look, I mean, look, I, I, me. I don't really have a, too much of an issue with the Panthers. Not so much like like I have with the Falcons or these delusional Bucks fans. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, Carolina fans. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I stay out here in Car in South Carolina, which is three hours from Charlotte. So, I mean, when I tell them I'm a Saints fan, they pretty. You know what I'm saying? They pretty cordial. Of course, they got pride in their team and stuff, but they're not like you know unbearable. You know what I'm saying? Like like some of these these Bucks fans that you see that that's brand new. You know what I'm saying? Who, who who Jersey hasn't even been through the first wash yet, and these Falcon fans who felt like they didn't want some ever, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> Panthers fans really don't bother me, you know. But I mean, but as far as a a 
you know, a win standpoint. I'm just glad that we just just didn't get swept. You know, you, you don't want to get swept by your uh by your division rivals. So for the Saints to split it with the Panthers, I think it was a good thing. Even though me personally, um, I think the Panthers are phoning it in because they don't want to lose draft position. And I mean, I look, I mean, I'm just being real. They want a quarterback. So where they sitting at right now, they can probably get somebody like Kenny Pickett. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Desmond Ritter or somebody like that, they feel like can make them a somebody. better team. So yeah. So yep. I mean, we know Sam Darnold ain't it. Cam Newton is washed. Uh, you know, PJ oh, Walker know out there, the XFL, you know what I'm saying? Should be calling been, him soon. And therefore only one play, uh, TJ. Yeah, one play. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's over. Sam just played the rest of them. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's over and done with, man. You know what I'm saying? So they, I think they know what they want to do. I think they went out there and they put forward the effort defensively. They look good, but you know, I just think that they already know what they want to do. Um, overall, man, what do you think about? Okay, go ahead. Hey, TJ. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh. Look, look, look. So much for. Yeah, right. yeah, he back, buddy. Right. He just not better than ever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he forgot you know, the better than ever. <laughs> yeah, Eric Bischoff. I'm back. I'm <laughs> better than ever. <laughs> uh, but he, but he wasn't better than ever. But man, what do you think about the Saints' playoff chances, though, man? What do you think about the Saints' playoff chances? Uh, do you want to see them in the playoffs? Or what, what are your thoughts on that, Jerry? Well, I'm glad you answered that, TJ, because that was going to be my next topic to ask you. But uh, uh-huh. but I but since you already brought it up, I'll I'll, I'll give it to you. Okay. If uh, um, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm glad we got the win today. I mean, we finally did all that. But next, uh, uh, the the season finale, the uh, week week 18, it's gonna be it's gonna be definitely epic. This weekend, whenever whenever the schedule come out, I mean, because I, mean, I know they, I know you're gonna have two games, probably a couple of a few games on Saturday, right? On ESPN and ABC, and I know you're gonna right. have the other ones on CBS and Fox, and I know the prime time is gonna be on NBC. So, right. The way I'm looking yeah, at I'm, this right now, yeah. TJ. The way I'm looking at this right now, if and much as I do not like the Dallas Cowboys, I will, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna pull for them to beat Philadelphia. And as much as I don't like the Rams either, I want them to beat the 49ers because that said that 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 six or seven spot in the playoffs is up for grabs. Right. Well, so I mean, happens, the Rams got something to play for weekend, though. The, the, the Rams still the, the Rams still can win the division. If the, if the Cowboys beat the Eagles. I mean, yeah, they're going to lock up the division by beating the 49ers who's still in the playoff race. Right. I mean, so if that happens, if the Cowboys beat the Eagles, which they will, and the Rams beat the 49ers, which they also will, and we take care of business against the Falcons in Atlanta, then right. that's your that's your whole NFC playoff uh, uh, lineup right there. If right. that happens. Because yeah. we already know the Falcons are already eliminated because they ain't they ain't they ain't, they ain't gonna never even sniff the playoffs. They won't even sniff a Super Bowl as long as we in the in, in, in the NFC South. It, Lord, every, every fan, every Saints fan on the chat know what I'm talking about. I don't care if they are are Falcon fans. I don't care if they punk ass Panther fans. I can care less if they Sucker fans. Uh, look, I, I just okay. Here's the thing. Um, 
I do think I, I like how everything is kind of like coming together for the New Orleans Saints. I mean, you got the Packers playing the Vikings tonight. Uh, if you're actually listening to this um, immediately following the game, um, you also have, like you said, the Rams, they're playing the 49ers. They're fighting for their NFC West. Arizona, you know what I'm saying? They still ain't got things wrapped up, even though they beat the Cowboys. So the way that yep, the New Orleans, the current, the current, uh, you know, yeah. So everybody has something to play for. Everybody has something to play for. You know yep. what I'm saying? So it's not like, oh, I, I can rest my starters. And that's the way that the NFL wants it. They don't want to see these guys sitting down resting and stuff like that. I think for the exception of maybe not even the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't even think they, they wrapped up the number one seed just yet because they lost to Cincinnati. So everybody has to play. Like everybody has to go out there. And they got to put forth that best effort that they can in order for them to get divisions and, you know what I'm saying, playoff seedings. So it should be an interesting mm -hmm. uh, photo finish, man. No doubt about it. But, uh, Jerry, uh, thank you so much for uh, calling in, chiming in. Exactly. Really yeah, do appreciate look, it, man. And, and, uh, and TJ, I, I was looking at this comment right here. I mean, I'm talking through, through the phone, but I'm looking at my tap, my, uh, my laptop here. I see LaBelle uh -huh. Brown say, he said, Jerry, you, don't, you said you didn't want us – to make the playoffs, I said, yeah, that's, if, if we was in a losing streak, we were, we weren't going to make the playoffs, but they they finally got it together, and hopefully they'll, they'll still squeak in, but yeah, I did right. say that I wasn't going to see this team in the playoffs because we were losing games so much, and the offense wasn't busting a great. Right. The wide receivers couldn't do anything. I mean, I, I, mean uh, uh, I mean, the defense doing their thing, I mean, but the offense, hey, it, like you like you always tell me, anything can happen. Anything right. can happen. And now we right. got the win today over the Panthers, and now and now and, and, and you know the last C is up for grabs. Who knows what's gonna happen? It, it's any given Sunday or any Absolutely. given weekend. Absolutely, man. Anything so I mean you, you never know, you never know what can happen, man. So, so I, I mean never you, you gotta get in that thing. But Jerry, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you uh calling in. Uh call back anytime, man. I will, TJ. And once again, happy new year to you and your family. And also happy 2022 to everyone in the chat. I love you all. Ain't no we nothing y'all can do about it. Let's get it going. Yeah, man. That's the one and only OG Jerry. All right, man. Take it easy, man. Yeah, man. I mean, look, <laughs> Jerry has some interesting points there. You know, like I, I look at this, I look at this, this playoff race. It's interesting, man. It's it's very interesting. You know how the NFL, uh, you know, make these schedules and stuff like that, and how these games are so meaningful down the stretch. I, I can make some conspiracy theories, though. I ain't gonna lie to you about that. I, I mean, how is it, you know, that the New Orleans Saints have all these players on the COVID list? Minnesota gonna be without Kirk Cousins tonight. He he on the COVID list, and it just so happened that these teams were fighting for their playoff lives, but. Could have been one of those things where they wanted a photo finish at the end. Never know. Okay. My question is like, who are the people that's doing these tests? Like, seriously, who, who, is, who is doing these tests? Like, how, how, like, is it team doctors doing the test? Can't be because I guess, you know, they, they feel like there will be some favoritism, right? But, you know what I'm saying? Like, who's doing the test? Is the NFL doing these tests? Like, do these dudes? You know, like who, who who calling these shots? You know what I'm saying? Who telling these guys that they got COVID? It's interesting, man. But uh, we're gonna go to the uh, Jemaya. Uh Jemaya, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How about you? Man, I'm doing all right, man. What you thought about the game? 
Well, I was there, and it was it was a lot of people there, so I surprised. Yeah, man. I mean, oh. were you happy they got the win? Finally. <laughs> so how? Okay, so you say you was there. Like how? How was things in the Superdome? Uh, when the New Orleans Saints finally scored a touchdown for the first time in about what two games? So was yeah, it? <laughs> Like was everybody clapping and screaming and stuff like that? Like what? What were people saying about? It? <laughs> well, what what do you think about the? Uh, okay, so what do you think about the defense today and Cam, and Cam Jordan? I think they did good. They was doing good most of the game. It's the yeah. offense. Yeah, yeah, the offense isn't moving the ball, man. I mean, yeah. you, you you was able to see like uh, with Alvin Kamara. Well, did you see him any like frustrated at all? Like when he was trying to run the football and he couldn't do it. Did you see anything on the sidelines or anything? I didn't see nothing, but um, I know you were frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I would be frustrated too, man. When you got all that talent and you don't have an offensive line uh, to be able to block for you, man. But, I mean, you have to be happy with Cam Jordan with those three and a half sacks, right? He played pretty good, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. So what, what do you think about the Saints in the playoffs? Do you want to see the Saints in the playoffs or what do you think about that? I would like to see them in the playoffs, but they're not making sense. <laughs> think about it. Eagles won and San Francisco won. Right. It's, it's, we done. All right. Well, I mean, they, they still got to play the Falcons, okay? And, and the, you know, the 49ers have to play the Rams. And you yeah. also have the, the Eagles playing the Dallas Cowboys. So do you think the Saints are going to beat the Falcons next week? And do you think that they're going to, you know, one of those teams are going to end up losing? Because if they do, the Saints are in the playoffs. So who do you, you think that both 49ers and the Eagles are going to win next week? Well, Eagles are on the tiebreaker. And right. tiebreaker, so. Yeah. Well, I think when you look at the 49ers, uh, you know, I think that the 49ers probably have the better chance to lose. I have to see what the, the Cowboys are going to do. The Cowboys probably feel like, oh, man, we already won the division. We good. We probably can't change our seating. So they might end up helping Philly because if I'm not mistaken, I, I think they would have to play Philly in the wild card round if things the way that they are right now. So you have to be confident. Okay, man, we'll let them in to beat them down the next week. But uh, I'm I'm just interested to see what they're gonna do, man. Um, should be fun. Uh, you have anything yeah. else you have to say, man? One more thing. You gotta uh -huh. be happy that Jason Hill threw over seventy percent today. Uh, that's good, man. I mean, I think it was one of his. I think it was one of his best games as as a quarterback. But yeah. you know, I mean, he he made some mistakes, but I think that he probably played better at the at the quarterback position than I've seen him play. That probably was probably his second best game I've seen him at quarterback. Cause he's definitely not built. Not supposed to be a quarterback. <laughs> I have a lot of people that get mad. You know, get mad at you for saying that, Jamai. But uh, I, I agree with you, man. I, I definitely agree with you. All right, thank, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you calling in. Call back anytime. All right, have a good day. Are right, you too? Yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like my, my, my guy, Jamaya, man. I, I, <laughs> I think that it was the, I think it was the second best game Taysom Hill played in the Saints uniform. Course, I have to talk about that first game that he played versus the the uh Atlanta Falcons. That's probably was his best game. Um, and this game probably was his second best. You know, I, I think he made some decent decisions. You know, I don't know why people just think that I just hate this man so much. You know, I mean, I just call it for what it is. Uh, if you're enjoying the State of the Saints podcast and you have not already, please go ahead and give your boy a thumbs up. Let everybody know that you like the State of the Saints podcast. So if you want to 
uh, help the show. If you want to support the show, go ahead and, and put that thumbs up. Let everybody know that you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast. Let me read a couple comments, and then we'll get back to the phone lines. Uh, let's see. Patrick says, let Taysom be Taysom and stop trying to make him the quarterback. Our offense is too limited to be putting Taysom as, as quarterback. Start Simeon. Let Taysom be the gadget guy he's best at. Uh, Patrick, look, I just think that it look it you, you go you go for what it you know you go with the guy that you know what I'm saying that that you have you know what I'm saying like Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston were in a quarterback competition um you know like Taysom if he would have won that quarterback competition he would have been a starting quarterback he lost which makes him the backup quarterback now we may not like this I'm not a fan of uh but at the same time I mean, the guy is the backup quarterback, and that's who Sean Payton want to roll with. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, I, I think that they can play better. You know what I'm saying with with Trevor Simeon, because I agree with what you're saying about the whole Swiss Army thing that he brings to the table. Uh, but I, look, I just think that you just let him go ahead and play it out because you don't have issues down the line, right? I mean, you can evaluate this guy. You can evaluate him based on his performances over the last couple of weeks. That way you won't see him over there whining and boohooing and acting like, you know, saying nobody won't give him a shot. When you got your shot, you did X, Y, and Z, and it just didn't pan out. I just say go ahead and roll with it. I mean, it. it I, I just don't feel like, look, I, will the, Trevor Simeon probably give you a couple passes down the field that, that uh, Taysom didn't give you? Yeah. You know what I'm I'm pretty sure he would. Uh, but I don't think that too much is going to change. I mean, we've seen the same issues with Trevor. I mean, they couldn't move the football. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He had pretty much a statue in the pocket. And that's another thing, Patrick. I mean, you put Trevor Simeon back there on this offensive line, he's going to get killed. I mean, you know he's a statue in the pocket. So at least you have with Taysom a guy that can move around, you know what I'm saying, to be able to get out of harm's way without getting absolutely tattooed and murdered. Uh, but I mean, you just have to go for what you know. What I'm saying for what you got right now. I mean, I don't think you should change at the quarterback position. Just roll with it, roll with it, deal with it, and fix it in the offseason. You know, hopefully, you know, Jameis will come back. You can sign him, or maybe reach out to one of these other uh, high-profile quarterbacks like Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or something. Whatever you want to do, but just let them go ahead and play it out because I, I don't feel like anything is going to change when Trevor Simeon is in the pocket to be quite honest i think it'll be much worse i mean come on man look at this offensive line i mean nobody i mean right you got to be able to move in a pocket and be a, a mobile a little bit of a mobile quarterback behind this offensive line they'll kill him we're gonna go to louisiana stepper how you doing man what's up tj how you doing man uh what you thought about the game uh Offense, it, 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 it does the same thing every week. We get our hopes up, hoping somebody going to do something on offense. And right. The quarterback play is just horrible. I'm going to just say that. Today was trash. one of them days. Yeah, trash, man. Trash. <laughs> trash like on a Sunday and you can't come pick up the trash. Yeah. Right. It's horrible. It's, man, our quarterback situation, man, like I said, everybody who want to see Taysom keep on seeing Taysom. We get we getting a full glimpse of Taysom this whole season right here, and I can tell you right now, Jameis Winston is way better than him. So all the people out there uh, got something bad to say about Jameis, or he he throw interceptions and all that. Guess what? 
before he left out of here, he had 14 touchdowns. And I think he only had like two interceptions or two or three. Three. Yeah, three. Yeah. But, I mean, you're right. I I just feel like if anybody's talking about uh, Jameis Winston still after the the sorry performance that all three quarterbacks showed outside of Jameis, Taysom, Trevor, Ian, I just think that you're a hater. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean – you cannot tell me that if you're if you're a logical Saints fan that you don't wish that Jameis Winston was our quarterback right now. I mean, I just don't I, look. I feel like if Jameis Winston is the Saints quarterback, there's no way in hell they scoring three points and kicking field goals left and right up and down the field like that. I just don't feel that way. I think that the dude would have put you know what I'm saying put more points on the board. I mean, he was. He was dealing with what they had earlier. You know what I'm saying? He had Deontay Harris out there, a deep threat. Callaway confidence was on an all-time high. He was out there, you know what I'm saying, with Traquan Smith yelling in his face, you know what I'm saying, getting them all riled up. I mean, yeah, exactly. So there there are certain things and certain elements that this dude have that that the team is missing when he's not there. So anybody just saying, oh, man, you know, they, they, they still believe that Taysom. Is better than Jameis Winston. Like, man, we can't talk football out. no more. Like, let, let's not. Like, get out, out of here. Like, knock it off. <laughs> I mean, I understand, man. We live in this world of hot takes and shock value, but you know, like, right. let's just be real, man. Like, you, you, you really out there stretching it like stretch on strong. If you, you saying this, man. And if, if right now, I guarantee you, if, if Jameis wasn't got hurt, I don't care how what what our wide receiver core looking like. James, he started understanding Sean Payton playbook. And as the weeks went on, I just started seeing him progress. And he was understanding what to do, getting right. rid of the ball, when right. knowing how to tuck and run it, who to get to. who. Basically, he, had, he got Alvin Kamara, and you got Mark Ingram back there. I guarantee you right now, we would probably been like 12 and I'd just say 12 and 4 or somewhere. Yeah. I, I really feel like there would have been games that James Winston would have helped the Saints win. I, I, I do. I, I really feel that way. Um, I, I, man, you can just you can, you can just tell like certain things, like his his two minute drills, for example, right? Like when yeah. the Saints were down, like for the I think maybe like two or three weeks, like this dude like orchestrated like two minute drills to go into halftime. You know what I'm saying? Rather end it with most more than likely, you know what I'm saying? It ended with touchdowns in the red zone. This dude like had over seventy percent red zone. You know what I'm saying? Percentage of the Saints scoring touchdowns inside of the red zone. So all that stuff is leaves with him. So, like I said, man, I just feel like they'll be a much better team. They probably would have won a few more games than they lost. Definitely would be a double digit wins. I just don't. I just don't see what other people see when they when they watch Jameis Winston. Like I just don't. Like I just think that a lot of what happened in Tampa clouds their judgment, so they don't feel like. He they feel like he, he can't be salvaged or he can't be saved or he can't be a serviceable quarterback. I mean, I, I, hey, I just don't I, understand I, it. I'm I'm gonna say this and I don't mean it as as a as a as a person who thinks like that, but I'm gonna tell you sometimes you think out the box and you and you get some of them ground crackers and you know what I mean. Yeah. My point is it's the color of his skin, man. Like you got so many bad quarterbacks in the league. You know what I'm saying? They just suck, and they still consistently get a job. As soon as the color of our skin mess up or 
he on a he on a bad streak or he he with it. Man, y'all don't understand that Jameis Winston had so many coaches in Tampa Bay. That's why they organization is garbage. They are trash because they didn't have a coach. And just like you said on your podcast, you feel me? They they organization is trash. They're gonna be trash after Tom Brady. That's why Jameis Winston couldn't thrive over there. He never had a running game. You got right. four or five coaches while you there. He the number. He wasn't the number one pick out of uh, out of college for nothing, man. Right. That boy can ball, man. And I seen it this year. So I hope Sean Payton listening. I hope we need we need to bring Jameis Winston back, bro. And I guarantee you that defense that we got, and we got Jameis Winston with a couple of more weapons, we're gonna go to the Super Bowl, man. We got a Super Bowl caliber defense, man. Right. Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, there are people out there that that don't like this dude based on the color of his skin. I mean, I think that that's apparent. But then you have other you have people out there also who just can't, you know what I'm saying, shake that whole 30 for 30 thing. It keep on getting publicized on TV. It keep on getting publicized every time he goes out there and do something. You know, and, and it's like, even like with the commentary and stuff like that. Like, I was watching, I was peeping that. Like, Mac Jones was forcing the ball. When the Saints played the New England Patriots, he was forcing the ball into dangerous spots. But you had Marsh Larratt like, oh, look at him. He's a gamer. He's tough. He's he's bold. You know, look at him. He's out there taking risk. But then when Jameis Winston tries to throw it into a tight window, see, that's dangerous right there. See, that's how you get into trouble and all that. I'm like, what's the difference? You know what I'm saying? What's the difference between him trying to fit it through a tight window? Why is he not a gamer? Why is he not tough? You know what I'm saying? Like, we like to spin these different things. Brad Favre threw a lot of interceptions, right? But Brad Favre, oh, he's like a child. He runs down the field. He picks up his teammates. He's like a kid playing football. I mean, it's just a narrative, man. And some of us fall for the narrative hook, line, and sinker. Like, we we believe what these dudes are telling us. We buy what these people are selling. And we don't even realize that they're only doing this stuff for ratings, for hot takes, and clicks, and likes. That's just what it is, man. Like, people need to, they need to form their own opinion and, and, and do it based on what they actually see. A lot of us read the paper and think that we got the whole idea. What we don't realize is with those people that are columnists and journalists, all they're doing is what I'm doing right now, giving my opinion. The only thing is that they're doing it inside of a paper that's being seen around the country and around the world. That's the only difference. Their, their opinions and their views are no more important than mine and yours. And we just continue to fall for that nonsense, man. I think the dude is a really good quarterback. I think that he's solid. I think the Saints can win with him. And I think in Sean Payton's system, building a team around this dude, or get some playmakers, get yourself maybe another running back if you don't bring Mark Ingram back, and get yourself a tight end. And maybe, you know what I'm saying, a couple pieces on the offensive line. And you can go out there and win a division with this guy and even go to the Super Bowl if you combine that with this defense that they have. It's just a shame, man, that they finally get it together defensively and they can't move the ball offensively. This is something we've been waiting for for about 15 years, but unfortunately about 15 years too late because Drew Brees is no longer the quarterback. But Louisiana Stepper, man, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for uh, chiming in. Call back anytime, man. All righty. Thank you, TJ. How you take it easy, man? Yeah, man, I mean, look, it, it's sad. It's sad that the Saints waited this long. They finally got a defense that's the championship worthy. Uh, and, and it's a little bit too late. But look, I, I, I really honestly feel that way. You know, people like I, I want to say 
there are people that that dislike this dude because he's black. I, I mean, I'm going I'm going to say that. I don't feel like that's the only case. I just feel like some people just have an axe to grind because of you know the things that he did in college. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Also, the whole 30 for 30 thing. But I, I just look, the dude is a really good quarterback. Dude, the dude is a good quarterback, better than anything that we got on the field right now. And um, I think that you can win with him. I may be in the minority when it comes to that, but I really feel like if the Saints were to re-sign Jameis Winston, the Saints can be a playoff team and they can win the division with this dude. This dude isn't awful, at, you know what I'm saying, awful like everybody trying to make him out to be. I hear people talking about him like, like this dude just straight trash. Like, oh, man, well, I, I don't know if any of these guys are, 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 are going to be franchise quarterbacks. Why can't Jameis Winston be a franchise quarterback? Why? You know what I'm saying? Like, were they throwing the same things in Tampa that they're doing for Tom Brady? Were they going out here getting his best friend? You know what I'm saying? That they came from his former team. Were they going out here getting the offensive line? You know what I'm saying? Fixed up so he can stand strong in the pocket. Did they go out here and try to get themselves an all-world running back in order that can catch the ball out of backfield and run in between the tackles? No, they did not. They did all of those things. It was only when Tom Brady said that he was coming to Tampa that they finally started to rearrange the furniture. But they expected for this dude to win, throwing the football 40 and 50 times. Somebody please tell me where they do that at and how many teams are successful throwing the ball that much. I mean, we, we can look at these things for what they are and we can say, oh, man, he's throwing all these interceptions. But, I mean, if you're throwing the ball 40 and 50 times a game, what you expect? So I just think that you put Jameis Winston with a balanced attack. I think that the Saints can win some football games. You definitely ain't trying. Look, Taysom Hill ain't the answer. Trevor Simeon ain't the answer. Ian Book ain't the answer. So, and when I seen Jameis, I look. Jameis had them had what was out there looking like, you know, looking serviceable. We gonna go to Jay. Jay, how you doing, man? How you doing, TJ? All right, what you got for me? Well, see, I, I already knew we were going to win this game because the Carolina Panthers, for God's sake, they got a terrible organization, what you expect. Yeah. I, and, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, look, they, they are going through some tr uh, trouble right now. Uh, Matt Rule, you know, being a head coach, and then you also got some issues between him and Cam Newton. And Sam Donald clearly ain't the answer. I mean, it's just – yeah, it, it's, it's, it's bad right now. You know what I'm saying? But – Hey man, they'll, they'll figure it out, I'm sure. Yeah. And um, for our playoff chances, uh -huh. I, I'm on 50 50 on it. I want them to make it, but I really don't. Right. Because I don't want us to get barely embarrassed by the Dallas Cowboys, even if we make it. Right. As much as we want to have the not, um the 2007 Giants playoff run, it's not going to happen. <laughs> don't even think it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Giants, I mean, they, they had some players. You know what I'm saying? They had some receivers. Yeah. They had Plaxico Burris out there. You know what I'm saying? They had David yeah. Tyree. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they had some guys that can go out there and, and, and make some catches. What They had Akeem Nicks. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they had some guys that can that can catch. The Saints, I mean, these boys, man, these boys can't catch a cold and afford it below zero, my friend. So, I, I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't – like, like, me personally – I don't feel like they're getting embarrassed by the Cowboys. I don't. Like, I think they play – like, the Cowboys did not play that impressive to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, the yeah. Saints 
just turn the ball over and put the ball like in good field position for them to capitalize on. Dak Prescott didn't knock your socks off. You know what I'm saying? So I think they will be formidable, but like you say, I, I just think that the offense won't be able to, to score any points. They you're gonna just be get a you know, hope and pray that they don't pass the 50. And you know what I'm saying? And, and Ari Cooper, uh, Michael Gallup don't go off on them, but I, I don't I don't know, man. I don't trust his offense. Yeah. Oh, Gallup is out for the season, so oh man, that's terrible. That, that's that's yeah. terrible, man. I, I actually man, I actually like Michael Gallup, man. I, uh, and it, and it's unfortunate because he was one of those guys, man, supposed to be an unrestricted free agent, man, would probably have been paid like a number one wide receiver. Him and Chris Godwin, man. I, I mean, I feel feel bad for those guys, man, because they they good receivers, man, and they would they would have made some really huge money in the offseason. So hopefully it's not too bad to a point where it affect his con- contract. Yeah, definitely, man. Excuse me. And even, yeah, if we don't make, and even if we don't make it to the playoffs, I hope they re-sign Jameis and, and he'll come back and shock the whole world. Yeah, man, For me example, too. Man. Like Dak Prescott, he had that same injury Jameis had next year. He was playing MVP bound. Right. So, yeah. Well, look, I I have a lot of faith in Jameis Winston. You know what I'm saying? I, I like Jameis Winston. Shouts out to him. Shouts out to his dad. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to his family. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot of respect yeah. for them folks. And um, you know what I'm saying? I call it like it like it is. I'm a straight shooter. I'm not about to just defecate on a guy. Because that's what you know what I'm saying people expect of me, and that's what they want me to do. Um, the dude played better than a lot of people thought that he would. Okay, you can talk about oh, he only had 20 passes. Sean Pay, look, you can spin it any way that you want to spin it. The fact of the matter is he wasn't turning the ball over, and that's what's the biggest issue with Saints fans. So I guess you have to move the goalposts. If you're wrong, I guess you know what I'm saying. Oh. Yeah, he not turning the ball over, but he not throwing the ball enough. Miss me with all that. Jameis Winston is a good quarterback. I think that he can be a franchise quarterback in the right system. I mean, until he proves otherwise, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I'm not basing, I'm not basing my opinion on a sorry snake bitten franchise like Tampa. Now, if he was struggling out in Green Bay, Pittsburgh, um, <laughs> Some of these other places that are known for having solid football teams, good coaching staffs, then maybe I'll be up here like, uh, maybe I don't know. No. But when it comes no. to like Tampa, like, are you serious? Like, let's not, <laughs> let's not mistake this, okay? I know they won the Super Bowl. Congratulations. Y- yippee. But this is a terrible organization, man, and they have been. And, 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 and no. just because they won the Super Bowl, that don't erase the stink that's on that stadium and in that organization for the past <laughs> 20 30 years like nah bro nah that ain't happening yeah. you got anything else man well that's it that's all i want to talk about okay jay well thank all you right. so much man Pre- appreciate right. that all right yeah, you take it easy man yeah yeah man look these boys you know like i don't see how people just want to just go in on this dude like this i, I really don't i don't understand it i don't understand it but uh let me see wilson is better than winston straight up same color uh yeah you know okay look i'm a huge russell wilson fan i'm a huge russell wilson fan but james winston has more upside and, and and he has more to offer right now than russell wilson now let me let me let me explain right let me explain before people be like man no nah, tj let me explain if you look at russell wilson the career he has had he is definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. 
when he leaves Seattle, he is going to he is going to want a lot of money, a lot of money, right? Because he's earned that right, justifiably so. He earned the right to get a big time contract because all the years he played in Seattle. Question. Okay, you got all these different guys that you have to sign. These cornerstone players, these players that can help you to solidify your team for years to come. Are you willing to sacrifice that to have Russell Wilson? All right, you got Russell Wilson, right? Yeah, some of y'all are like, yeah, man, I'll do it. Okay, riddle me this. You get Russell Wilson. Okay, most likely Teron Armstead isn't coming back, right? We already know that they said that he was going to test the free agent market. Left tackle going, right? You still have issues with Caesar Ruiz. Still have issues with Eric McCoy, uh, Andres Pete. Like you still don't have no answers for for the exception of Ryan Ramchick on the offensive line. So you're going to sacrifice all that money for a guy who is frustrated because his team didn't fix the offensive line, right? <laughs> all these years, his team didn't fix the offensive line, and you're going to want him to come to a team that has offensive line issues. I mean, I don't I don't think this guy's going to be breaking down the door trying to come to the New Orleans Saints with that offensive line. It's basically like, you know what I'm saying, you just swapped out teams, you know what I'm saying, with bad offensive lines. Another thing, as much as I love Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson is, what, 33, 34 years old. How many more years that you're going to have with him? Jameis Winston at the start of the season, I think he's going to be about 28 years old. So you still got youth on your side. He's still in the prime of his career. Russell Wilson is leaving the prime of his career. And I like Russell Wilson. Like anybody anybody who's been watching this show for years, I told people, Russell Wilson, as of right now, as, as right now, is my favorite quarterback in the National Football League. When Drew Brees was the quarterback, he it was Drew Brees and then him. But you just got to call it for what it is. I'm looking at youth. I'm looking at a guy that can give you more for a longer period of time versus a guy who is at the almost at the twilight of his career and even though, you know what I'm saying, he still has a lot left in the tank, how many more years that you're going to have production out of Russell Wilson? That, that's just my only, that's my only question. And how much are you willing to sacrifice to get this dude? I mean, that, that, that's just my, my main question right there. Uh, but let's go ahead. Let me uh, pull up uh, the playoff seedings here. Uh, just give me one second here. I'm going to look at... Uh, the playoffs and as of things are uh right now so let's go ahead and pull this up hope everybody can see that you know it's a little bit blurry um hold on, let's go ahead bring it back i don't know why i don't want to share i had it all right so as we can see um we're looking at the playoffs we look at um, the NFC. We have the Packers, who are the number one seed. Then you also you have um, the the Los Angeles Rams, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the three seed, the Dallas Cowboys at the four seed. Then you have Arizona in the fifth seed. Then you have San Francisco in the sixth, and of course you have the Philadelphia Eagles uh, in the seventh position. And on the bubble, we have the New Orleans Saints. And the Minnesota Vikings, who are going to be playing, they're probably playing right now as I as I speak. So uh, that is the playoffs right now. In order for the New Orleans Saints to make it to the playoffs, uh, you know, they're going to need some help. They're going to need to win next week. Uh, they're going to need the 49ers to lose 
uh to the Rams. Okay. And they also need the Vikings to lose tonight. So uh or next week. So the Saints, they need some help in order to make this thing happen. Um it should be very, very interesting. Uh if for those that might want to look at the AFC side uh right now, uh the number one seed is the Tennessee Titans at 11 and 5. Uh the Chiefs are also 11 and 5. They lost today to the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals um, have an opportunity to move up in the rankings if they if they win and maybe if uh, the Chiefs get a loss next week, which I highly doubt. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, uh, the fourth seed, you have the New England Patriots. Uh, you also have the Colts and you also have the Los Angeles Chargers. And congratulations to uh, Justin Herbert, uh, 35 touchdowns this year, which is a record uh, for the Chargers organization. So He's definitely living up to those expectations. Definitely uh, doing his thing, handling up on his business, and um, got a lot of respect for the kid, man. He's doing uh, really good things, and it's good to see, man, because a lot of people had their thoughts about uh, him uh, earlier in the draft, talking about he wasn't a leader, talking about he wasn't good, yada, 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 yada. Uh, the dude handled his business, and he's a really good player. So there, there is your AFC and your NFC spots uh in the playoffs uh we're gonna go to uh we're gonna go to uh prime prime uh how you doing i'm doing good my brother happy yeah, new year happy new year to you too man uh, yeah you got so, for me? oh i just want to state a couple of facts there go ahead. no conjunction no conspiracies number one winston is a winston was a number one draft choice number two winston had multiple coaches Number three, Winston was growing in this offense. He is a leader. He is a leader. The other people are not leaders. Taysom is not a quarterback. Come on now, people. Let's get off of this. Now, some people may say, well, look at offensive line. Even when the Saints had an offensive line last year, Man. Taysom still wasn't setting the, 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 the team on fire. Because yeah. what he beat he beat Atlanta twice. And he'd be the Denver team that had to use a wide receiver as a quarterback. Yeah. And as far as I know, I saw a little bit of the Jets game because that's the site I go to and I, I tell, I, I listen to um, BQ all the time and I tell the listeners, BQ, and what's up, Jerry? What's up? Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now this thing about, ooh, ooh, Tom Brady came back and won the game. No, that was on the Jets coaching staff. Because they had the ball inside the 20-yard line, and it was fourth down, and apparently they decided to go for it, and they didn't get it. They could have kicked the field goal, and it would have been up 27 to 20. Hmm. So they would have had no – Tampa Bay would have had no trace but to drive down the field and try to score a touchdown in a two-point play. Right. Yeah, that, um, was, pretty, that was pretty crazy. I, I mean, I, I was watching Red Zone, so I, I was, like, kind of flipping in between the games. But, I mean – I don't know what happened, man. I mean, the Jets. I mean, they're the Jets. I mean, it is what it is, man. I mean, it, look, it is what it is. Big Marcus thinking team, right? Jets. They the Jets. I mean, it's just as simple as that. The Jet. The Jets are gonna do what the Jets do, and that is uh, give up big leads and um really just hurt the feelings of their fan base. That's just what they do, man. But it is. Yeah, but, go ahead, finish. My bad, man. You you can finish up. Okay. Now, also, also, I bet you any amount of money that if Tom Brady was in his division, Tom Brady wouldn't have all those Super Bowl rings because the AFC East was a joke. The last time Buffalo was even relevant, 
was those three years in the row they went to the Super Bowl and lost all three years. Right. So they really had no competition. And and you see, they gave they gave Brady a, a, a pass, two passes on that game against us. When he cursed out the referee, and when he went over, to, no, three things. And when he went over to the ref to to the center sideline and go to and told the coach to go fuck himself, and then breaking that tablet. Oh, trust me, if that would have been Winston, Winston who was a brother. Oh, that would that, that shit would have been blown out of proportion, and you know it. Let's call let's call a spade a spade, my brother. You said it, and a, and a caller, a couple of callers go said it. It's all about the skin color. It's all about the skin color. Let's just call it what it is, because because every quarterback that was a gunslinger had very high intercept, interception to touchdowns touchdown radio ratios. All 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 of them. Going back, going back all the way to Fran Talkington and all that, and and, and, and the boy from Minnesota. I'm looking at the Green Bay game right now, and Green Bay beating these people by six points. The score is six to nothing. Minnesota can't do squat. So, if I look at it this way, if we make to the playoffs, fine. But I'm just gonna say it, it's amazing. We even have an opportunity to make it to the playoffs. After all the stuff that this team and this organization has been through, and I don't know if you realize this, TJ, and I said this to Q on this show. Right. We are in the difference of a full win. Full right. wins compared to Breeze last year. Full right. win difference. And, I, and I'm telling you, if Jameis was still quarterback, I strongly believe it. And I, I like Jameis when he's playing for Tampa Bay because I saw the potential the boy has. He, we can go to a Super Bowl with Jameis. With right. this defense we have, the Saints need to sign him to a five-year contract. They sign him to a five-year contract. Then they could possibly develop Ian Book or some other quarterback that they might want to draft. But next year, we need to get receivers. And I like Michael Thomas, but uh, it may be time to let Michael Thomas go because he's starting to act like a little prima donna, and he's not acting like a team player. Even even, even Peyton said when, when Winston got hurt that he, he wanted to cry. And he has some of the same leadership qual leadership qualities that Breeze has. Yeah. So I mean, let's I, let's see what it is. I mean, I can see why he wanted to cry. I mean, I'd be wanting to cry watching his offense week after week myself. So I guess he understood uh, what this team actually was once uh, Jameis Winston went down. Look, well, I'm I, a, yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you this much, my brother. Callaway is a keeper. He missed a couple of passes, but those wasn't his fault. Those were badly thrown balls. Just to make you, I think you got to keep Callaway and you keep Hardy, of course, and you keep Juwan Johnson. Those are your three receivers that you, you could build on and you draft more receivers because next year drafts are supposed to be high receivers. So right. we, can, we, can, we, can, we, can, we can probably pick up one or two good receivers. We might even pick up a good freezer. As far as these people talking about getting Russell Wilson and, and all these other people, no. We don't need to. First of all, we can't afford anybody. We over cap. We yeah. still playing. We 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 still paying for the contracts that we had to give to Breeze to stay and all these other people that we had last year that we had to cut loose. Right. So we don't have any money to go and spend. And we like you say, are you willing? And you and you made a valid point. Are you willing to give up the future just for one person? No, no, no. We don't need to do that because with Jameis signing him the five to six year contract, we in good standing. Because Carolina, I have nothing against Carolina. They have, they're stepping back. They need a quarterback. 
what Atlanta going to do once the, once um Matty Ice re- leaves or retires? What they going to do? And yeah. what Tampa Bay going to do? They ain't yeah. got nobody in Tampa Bay after. And, and all these Tampa Bay want to brag, they don't realize that Tampa Bay wasn't his first choice. His first choice was to play for the Saints. Yep. So they, they're like the bridesmaid. So I'm, I stated a lot of facts, and I hope you have some Tampa Bay fans in your room right now. These are the facts, people. Open your eyes. Because Brady, he don't throw a lot of picks the last two years going through this, this same offense that Winston was under. Brisket, right. no biscuit, whatever they call that foolishness. Right. Yeah, I mean, but of course, you know, I mean, he's Tom Brady, so they're not going to, like, really, you know, say anything about that. You know, they're going to minimize his mistakes, and they're going to amplify his uh, his heroics, so to speak. So, look, I mean, look, you made some interesting points, Prime. Uh, I, I got to say I disagree about the Michael Thomas situation. Um, I just think that if you try to trade this dude, I mean, you got to eat $22 million, which I don't think the Saints want to do. Right. And, um, I, I think that, I mean, dude has something to offer. You know, like he's he's not, you know what I'm saying? Like we know what he can do on the field. And right. So, uh, look, I, that, that just, that's just how it goes sometimes, man. Like when a guy is immensely talented, sometimes they have those egos. And, you know, you got to be able to deal with them, have the right coaching staff, the right organization uh, pieces in place. To be able to, you know what I'm saying, channel that. Well, I'm going to tell you, right. I, I, I agree with I agree with you. I was at that Monday night game because um, my sister had season tickets and I was in town. Right. And I'm telling you right now, man, I didn't know this until after the game, but we had a guy playing the offensive line that they picked up that same day that was fitted for a uniform before the game. Yep. Yep. And Ian, man, Ian Book is slow. Oh, I saw it in person. That boy is slow. Jesus. <laughs> Oof. I'm like, wow, God, I, man, I didn't realize he was that slow. And you see, like I told the people that were sitting next to me, you see, in college, you only have a handful of college football teams that are real good that get most of the talent. But when you get to the NFL, everybody's yeah, right. talented. Yep. You you probably be able to get off the edge and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying, get around that corner, man. But they was like right there. And he's he seen the a- athleticism of these uh, NFL linebackers, man. You can't get past those guys. No, but, I mean, he was—he was just look. He was just in over his head, man. I mean, yeah, look, he was. I mean, it, it would have been tough for any anybody to be in that position. You know what I'm saying? You probably, you know, what I'm saying a seasoned quarterback, you probably would have had some better throws. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And probably had more completions, but you still probably would have had some sacks. You know what I'm saying? You probably would have still been under the rest. So right. I mean, look, I can't really too much judge the dude based on that game. I mean, no, I'm not judging hey, him man, on that game. I'm just talking about how slow he run. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I, I think um, I think with time, you know what I'm saying. I think that you'll see like you know a better you know what I'm saying quarterback. He probably be one of them journeyman guys like Chase Daniel is. Uh, but Prime, I got a, I got a few more calls. I got. I appreciate you taking my call, uh, my brother. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, man. All right, bye bye. Right, take it easy. I mean, yeah, Prime had some good points. Um, I just think that Ian Book wasn't ready. You know what I'm saying? I, I just think that he wasn't ready. He wasn't. We weren't supposed to see him this year. So I just think with time, uh, you might see a guy that'd be a solid backup quarterback, maybe come in during emergency situations, probably play a few games. Um, that's what I see for the life of Ian Book. You know, I don't I don't see him going out there setting the world on fire, throwing for four touchdowns, 400 yards. Hope he proved me wrong, but I just don't see it here today. I'm going to read uh, a couple of these comments, then we'll get to Jeff and then God of Creation. 504 says Tampa is one and done this year. Watch, we... 
gave the world a blueprint to beat Brady, Tommy Boy without AB and Godwin. Uh, this team is completely different. Uh, 504, that's a good point. Um, the Saints may have gave team blueprints, but everybody can't do what the Saints do. Like, let, let's just make that clear. Uh, the Saints can rush four, you know what I'm saying, and also be able to play in coverage and have the guys that can be able to, to cover uh, the wide receivers and tight ends of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everybody not built like that. So even though the Saints gave the blueprint, doesn't necessarily mean that everybody is going to be able to follow uh, that blueprint. So just want to make that clear. The Saints are a special team defensively, and they match up well uh, versus uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, nah, he good uh, to be there if the quarterback gets hurt and we could actually win games with him, but we want a bona fide quarterback. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, look, I – I don't know what we're talking about here. I don't know if we're talking about Jameis or we talking about somebody else, but I, I feel like the dude is a bona fide quarterback. I don't care anything about big names. I don't. I don't care no, nothing about no names. Like, that, I think that's sometimes what, what we get wrapped up in. We always want a name. We always want nostalgia. We always want somebody that brain, you know, like, oh, such and such. Oh, uh, Adrian Peterson. Oh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, who cares? I don't care who they get. As long as a guy can go out there, he can game, he can ball. He can make good decisions. You know what I'm saying? He can get the ball where it needs to be. He can make the throws. And also, you know what I'm saying, when your team is trailing, he can help you orchestrate a comeback. I don't care anything about names. Like I like I said, I love Russell Wilson. But if Russell Wilson is demanding $35, $40 million from the New Orleans Saints, I'll just say good luck to you. Hope you find happiness in New York or whatever team that you choose to go to. If you can get a guy like Jameis Winston, who has talent, who has arm talent, who has ability, who, you know what I'm saying, you can grow with, you can, who can learn, who has leadership qualities. If you can have this guy on your team, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and win with this, why not? I mean, I, I don't care anything about names. I just don't. Uh, we're going to go to Jeff. Jeff, how you doing? Hey, how's it going, TJ? Man, it's going just fine, man. What you got for me? Just two quick things, man. I just want to stop and uh acknowledge that we have a great coach in Sean Payton I know this is getting lost in the season but the fact that this team with no talent pretty much on the offensive end is like fighting for a playoff spot is amazing in my opinion right because if you if you take any other coach and put this roster in front of them this is a this is a lottery team or not a lottery but a top five pick so uh, I just want to acknowledge and Appreciate Sean Payton and give him his flowers while uh, the season's still going on because, yeah, man, like these receivers, as I said last time, and these offensive weapons outside of Kamara, they're just below average at best. So, right, want to give Sean Payton his flowers. Right, yeah, I think that Sean Payton is an incredible coach, and you know, I don't think that people give him, you know, what I'm saying his his respect. Like, I just think that people get lost in a play calling. They talk about his decision making, which you know, saying I'm I'm one of those individuals, but I I never say, oh man, they need to fire Sean Payton. Like I I just think when people say stuff like that, like it just it's just not smart, man. Like if you look at like what this dude has done, what he has done it with, like how he constantly just like rebuilds this team, gets the right coaches in there, gets the right locker room in there. And he and they have won the division on four separate occasions. You know what I'm saying? I know they haven't won the Super Bowl, and I get it. I understand the frustration. 
But I mean, be careful what you wish for, man. I mean, you remember when the uh when the Bengals got rid of Marvin Lewis? Oh, he can't win the playoffs. He can't win. And then all of a sudden, you know, they got themselves another coach. Now he he made the playoff this year, but man, they were losing, you know what I'm saying? Like every year after Marvin Lewis left. So yeah. sometimes, man, you know, the grass ain't always green on the other side. And it's just one of those things, just like Drew Brees, you know, people have an appreciation, they're not gonna really have a true appreciation for that person until they're gone. So, I, I man, I, I ain't never got no problem with Sean Payton. I, I think that this team would be picking in the top five right now if Sean Payton <laughs> wasn't the head coach. It's exactly. just as simple as that. Exactly. Yeah, so you you made a great point. Like, there was a that that uh, crowd that was saying, oh, Drew Brees needs to retire. And I was, I was telling people, I was like, okay, be careful what you wish for. And then yeah. you see what happens this year, uh, which goes into my second point. Um, Taysom Hill fans. I just find it funny that <laughs> every time Taysom Hill like messes up, it's always a reason why. Like we we've gotten a, like you said, you, we've gotten a big enough sample size to see this dude is not an NFL quarterback. But it's like they pull they pull any excuse out the book just to just to like say that he's a he's a solid quarterback. But it's just like, come on now, like we gotta <laughs> we gotta face yeah. facts here, you know. Right. So I, I just find it funny that those Taysom Hill supporters, they still they still there. If you check right. the the message rooms, they still there. But I just find it funny that they every single game they find out with some excuse of why he played bad or why he's not performing to the level we need him to perform at. Right. Well, look, I, I just think that I just think that uh, you know, they they need an excuse, you know what I'm saying? To be honest with you, you know what I'm saying? Like they it, nobody ever wants to just admit when they're wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, they, it wasn't a good idea or they, they're not the right guy. And I get it. They want him to work. I mean, I want him to work. I don't want to, like, I don't want Taysom Hill to be bad. You know what I'm saying? If he's bad, then that means that the team is bad. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the offense is bad because he's the leader. He's the facilitator. So mm-hmm. I don't want him to be bad, but, I mean, you got to call it for what it is. Look, you can shape it any way that you want to. You can size it up. You know what I'm saying? Cut it. Divide it any way you want. I've seen better quarterback play, and I just don't think that Taysom Hill is a good quarterback. I, I don't. Yeah, like, I don't. I, I think you put him in in those gadget roles in those moments, and he, he'll generate a spark. I mean, he—that's what he is. He's a—he's a firecracker. You know what I'm saying? He, he gets that spark. He, he gets everybody excited, and I just think that because he gets everybody excited, people don't know how to differentiate that excitement versus you know what i'm saying the excitement that he gets at the quarterback position you're excited because he made plays off the trick play right and you feel like because he does all these good things in his gadget role it equates to him being a good quarterback too because he plays the position of a quarterback and that's just not what it is dude is a good football player i will give you that i want Taysom hill on the team okay there's two guys that i would love to have on my team Braxton Berrios for the Jets and and Taysom Hill. Those are two guys that I would love to have on a football team, but I just got to call it for what it is. Taysom Hill is not a good quarterback. You know what I'm saying? It's just as simple as that. I mean, serviceable, decent if you need somebody out there right then and there, but you're not, you're not, he's not a franchise quarterback. And anybody that feels that way, they're blinded by their love and their undying devotion for Taysom Hill. And um, you can't be like that. But, uh, Jeff, you got anything else? 
No, nah, that's it. I just want to say congratulations to Jackson State. Uh, that's a big look for HBCUs. I wish my yeah, HBCU. Man. I'm, a, I'm a Howard University alum. We're we're trash at at sports, <laughs> but I'm living vicariously through Jackson State, and I just want to say congratulations, man. Hey, man, look, shouts out to uh, Howard University, first and foremost, man. I mean, look, and we ain't even got to talk about sports, man. You you guys are the pillar of excellence when it comes to HBCUs. Um, so many great, uh, you know, alumni, you know what I'm saying, that came through there. Uh, shouts out to my good friend, Steve Weish. Uh, he, you know, he graduated from there, uh, man. And also uh, Stan Verrett, you know what I'm saying, my other guy, you know what I'm saying, my guy, too, also graduated from there. So, I mean, there's there's – Man, look, we can talk about football, man, but y'all, y'all the pillar of excellence when it comes to academia, academia, and everything else. When it comes to HBCU, y'all the standard. So, uh, shouts out to you, man. <laughs> All right, man, take it easy. All right, you too. Yeah, man, man, shouts out. Look, Howard University. Look, I know we want to talk about football and all that, man, but look, if you got Howard on your resume, my goodness, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that. That's that's the. That's the pillar of excellence right there, all right? All right I'm, I'm just being straight up. I love Jackson State University. Jackson State University ranked in the top 20 among HBCUs and, uh, you know, academics. You know, they got a good football program going right now with Coach Prime, uh, really changing the way people are looking at HBCU football, being that catalyst. I appreciate that, and I have a lot of pride for that. But I also have a lot of pride for the HBCUs. You know what I'm saying? Like, anybody – uh, shouts out to all my HBCU alumni out there, individuals that are going to HBCUs. I mean, we out here, man. We out here. It's all love. You know what I'm saying? It's all love, except for the battle of the bands and when we play each other in football. But I'm always rooting for HBCUs uh, to be uh, everything that they can be. And, uh, you know, I-, I like the fact that they've been uh, put into the limelight, you know what I'm saying, and getting that spotlight that they deserve because – um, they have created some of the greatest football and basketball players of all time, you know, that can went through HBCU. So you got to always remember that. Uh, we're going to finish it up with uh, God of Creation. What's going on, man? How you doing? What's up, TJ? How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing just fine, man. Uh, what you got for us? Man, it's good to see you, man. Hey, it feels like it's been a while. Yeah, man, it's uh, been a minute, man. I, I, I didn't do a live show since last uh, week uh, for the post-game show. I did a couple recordings this past week but yeah man it's good it's good to uh be here and it's good to have you back on the show man appreciate it um i was, i heard one of the uh i think it was prom he came on here and uh and he 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 said some very disrespectful stuff about my boy number 13 look bro <laughs> i you it, like for real like let's like y'all y'all want to be like y'all want to be like Oh, number nine, and I know earlier you said this is what we get. This is what people get when you start being like, "Get that old man out of here." To be fair, we were doing fine without him when we had our number one that was replacing him, the one that he hand over the keys. But but he ended up getting hit by a different cars. So you know, good point. Good point. And good point. I and I realize I go back and watch, um. I, feel, I I need every Saints fan to go back and watch Michael Thomas highlights because that's what I did last night, man. And, you know, it's been some years since I cried. And when I was seeing how he was routing everybody up, making everybody look goofy, like it, it, bred a, it, it brought a like tear to my eye. I was like, man, like 
this this like this the stuff he was doing is is better than what AK's doing. Like yeah. I'm like, dude, he he he's more offensively uh profound than Alvin. Like like I get more excited seeing Michael Thomas make a play than I do Alvin. Yeah. And it's like like dude literally like he was like I, I there was a game, I think it was against the Colts. Dude had like three receivers on him and Drew threw it to where only he can catch it and dude caught it with one arm. Right. Like and it was a regular just slant route and it went for like twenty yards. I'm like, man, y'all gotta stop with this disrespect. Oh man, it's about time. Michael Thomas. Yeah, I know we all mad at him because dude ain't do nothing in two years. But like, <laughs> man, <you> got, man, <laughs> y'all gotta stop, man. He was literally the last time we seen him actually have a meaningful um a meaningful season. He mm-hmm. was the best wide receiver in the league, bar none. There was not a receiver who could who could just dominate every player he was up against. I mean, like I heard like his um his um was it it was like I think it was 2019 he became he was a top he was voted as a the top uh top five player mm-hmm. and they I heard a corner said it I think it was Xavier Howard he called him a bully he said he's a he's literally a bully out there on the field right like. He man, was bullying people. Like if you see him, it was just like nothing but explosive power from him. Right. It was just, it was just dominance. Well, like, well, God creation. I, I do want to say this, man. Um, you know, there's this old saying. They say out of sight, out of mind. And the fact that he hasn't, like you just alluded to, the fact that he has uh, hasn't played in almost two years. You know what I'm saying? Like a full calendar year, if, if you. If you count, I think maybe next week, you know what I'm saying? When the Saints are yeah. in the playoffs or something like that, I think that was the last time, you know what I'm saying, he played. So, I mean, we're almost coming up on a year, the last time Michael Thomas actually played, uh, you know, in an NFL game. So, a lot of people are like, well, he's not here. And all of a sudden, like, why is he not here? And then all of a sudden, ah, we don't need him. But I just think that it's the complete opposite, man. Like, this dude has really shown you like how special he really is by not being here. Like his presence, not being out there on the field really shows you how special this dude actually is. And I don't understand like how anybody can fix their mouth to talk about, oh, you know what I'm saying? This dude, you know what I'm saying? We need to get rid of this guy or I don't understand it. You know what I'm saying? Like you're entitled to your opinion because I don't want to feel like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm jumping on somebody. Look, you're entitled to your opinion. But me personally, I have to disagree with the fact that anybody would feel like well, for what you see right now, that moving him would be the right decision. Now, I do feel that you need to bring somebody else in that can match his talent yes. because yep. the, the Saints did the same thing with Brandon Cooks, right? Mm-hmm. When they drafted yep. Michael Thomas. And when yep. Michael Thomas came in, he made Brandon Cooks expendable. So yep. it could be one of these same situations. There is nobody on this roster at the wide receiver position right now that makes Michael Thomas nervous about his spot. Nobody <laughs> on this on, on that field will make this guy come to practice and say, oh, man, I got to show up to work today. If you get yourself a wide receiver like Chris Olave, if you get yourself like Griffin, you know what I'm saying, his teammate, if you get like one of these other guys like, you know what I'm saying, Jam- Jamison Williams, guys like that, 
if you get a guy like that that can go out there that got good footwork that can stretch the field that can run routes and make a cornerback spin around and catch these acrobatic circus cd lamb uh michael gallup type catches i guarantee you it's going to change his tune but as long as you have guys like callaway out here counting route uh you know what I'm saying counting steps <laughs> one two three cut Traquan Smith out there, you know what I'm saying? I'm blocking better than he catching anything. Why would I want to do that? It's only boosting this man's ego. It's only boosting it up. Like, man, they need me. He on some David Ruffin stuff right now. But can you blame him? Can you can you blame him? He he's the one selling all the records. He's legitimately selling all the records. You know what I'm saying? Now you need to find yourself a Dennis Edwards. You know what I'm saying? You need to find yourself somebody that can replace David Ruffin because right now David Ruffin. I mean, he's on a power trip, and it's just the exactly. So, I mean, it, it, exactly. How I feel about it. <laughs> and 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 I think, and here's another thing: when I like it, most of the most of his like great plays, what when I paid attention were right. these third down plays. You know how we always going three and out and stuff. Yeah. Michael Thomas literally make three and outs like not even a thing we're talking about when he's on the field. It's like, okay, it's third and it's third and twelve. Okay, uh, let's have Michael Thomas do a fade route, and I'm gonna just chuck it up to him, and he's gonna catch it. Right. Like it's like I like it was like he was just just an like the a dynamic player, and he right. like like I I just I think I think we I think I just don't feel like there's anybody in the league right now that can replace him when he's. When he's healthy, you know what I'm saying, and and um, I was uh on Jube's uh channel, and we were talking about we just need like, you know, like a Mike Williams, you know what I'm saying, like have like a Mike Williams next to him, and then we can. It doesn't even matter. Like you can have Traquan or uh, Callaway, just have just have you know the second you know a, a person that's good for a second string. And then have Michael Thomas, and then we're back to <clears throat> being that team that puts up 30, 40 points a game. Like, right. it, I, I, in mo- and like I was saying, I was watching his highlights, and most of the games, <clears throat> my bad, yeah. most of the games, go. we had 30 points. Right. I, I, like, like, every single game, we had 30 points. There wasn't this eight, nine-point games. That that didn't exist when Michael Thomas was on the field. That exists yeah. when AK's on the field, and I'm not trying to take away from AK, but if I'm gonna be honest, AK is not a dynamic player as Michael Thomas is. I can't I can't no, nah, I can't agree with that. Michael I'm Thomas uh, you Michael lost me Thomas, on that one. <laughs> no, 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 Michael no, Thomas no. offers more than AK. Michael I, Thomas I, is I it, Michael, so. If if it, so, you tell me if we had to choose between him and AK, you picking AK over him? Yep. I'm not. I'm and this. I is mean, look, I mean, look, that's we, a, I mean, we, we agree to disagree. Points. We agree to disagree. But, but TJ, we scored nine points against Bucks, and and he w- was AK on the field, right? AK was on that field, right? Right. Okay, we're not scoring nine points if we have Michael Thomas out there on that field. But I can also make an argument and say that Michael Thomas. Going up against Carlton Davis really didn't put up as many numbers. You know what I'm saying? He had bad games versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers too. So yeah, but say, he was hurt when he played. 
So I mean, but not all, not, all, not not all the games. Last year he was, but I mean, when he go up against Carlton Davis, he had tough games too. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, it happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it ha- Like, I, I just feel like this, right? Michael Thomas. We're talking about two different positions first and foremost. Right, Do I yeah. feel like they complement one another? Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. So if Michael Thomas is, you know what I'm saying, taking, you know what I'm saying, like a lot of the, you know what I'm saying, the guys out is opening up opportunities for Alvin Kamara in the passing game. I mean, but Alvin Kamara is a running back. And we we both know if the Saints had a decent offensive line, and you've seen this earlier in the season because he was on a tear. When they had mm-hmm. most of the offensive line intact, this man was the offense. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, this man was, was like yeah. taking over the, uh, the games and, and putting it on his back. Now look, God of creation, you you entitled to believe what you believe, bro. Like I'm not here to sway your opinion. I, I'm just saying, I just feel like what Alvin Kamara is doing is extremely important. I feel like they're they're much better because they complement each other when they both on the field at the same time. But I feel like Michael, I feel like Alvin Kamara is a once in a generation type talent. And Michael Thomas is extremely talented, but I think you can find wide receivers that can do what he does. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Maybe not so, at a higher I mean, rate, but you but can find you wide want, receivers that, that's just as talented as he is. Right. But if you want to say that, there's people don't even think AK's a top five, a top five running a running back. I've had people literally tell me he's not a top five in this league. They're like, oh, Derek Carr is better than him. Uh Derek Henry. Uh, Derek Henry, my bad. Right. Um, Dalvin Cook is better than him. Um, you know, all these, they 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 give me a list of, oh, this person's better than him. Jonathan Taylor's better than him. Right. It's like, so, you know, I feel like, yeah, you you can, you, the, the main reason you uh, uh, see a lot more, like a lot of receivers, uh, you know, that could replace him. Is because there's like there's a lot more receivers in the game than there is running backs, right? So it, like it, it it's uh, you know it's easier to find somebody that'd be like, well, you know, Michael Thomas is replaceable. Yeah, he's re- you know, yeah, he's replaceable. But you know, you have to literally have like a top like top one percent wide receiver to replace him, right? And have the same kind of like if you want to replace him, you have to replace him with like a Devonte Adams. Like that's how. That's how special he is. You say AK is a generational talent. Michael Thomas is up there with him. Well, let me let me ask you this, God of creation. Okay, let me ask you this, right? If if the New Orleans Saints, let's just say they didn't draft Caesar Ruiz. Let's just say they drafted T. Higgins a couple of years ago. Do you think that the Saints would be better offensively if T. Higgins was the a wide receiver and Michael Thomas was out? Oh, yes. I mean that that's that's all I'm saying. Like, look, Michael Thomas is all world receiver. I mean, he was offensive player of the year at the wide receiver position. I think the first time in like 17 years. But what I'm saying is with Alvin Kamara, when you have a it's very rare that you have a running back that does not have to leave the field. Like this dude can run in between the tackles, he can catch like a wide receiver, he can block and blitz, but you know what I'm saying, blitz pickup. And at the same time, he can make his own plays. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's not a lot of guys that can do that. I mean, he can make – like, he's he's such a, a instinctive, smart football player to his ridiculous. Like, But with Michael Thomas on the field, they complement one another. But what I'm saying is I haven't seen a running back of this caliber 
like since probably like Marshall Falk or LaDamian Tomlinson. Like, and I think that when people talk about the running running back position, God of creation, you know what they're talking about. They're talking about a guy that's getting the ball 20, 25 <laughs> yeah, 20, times and running that yeah. ball up the gut. So that's yeah. how they're judging them. When, <laughs> when you have running backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield and, you know what I'm saying, making people miss on the bar, you know what I'm saying, on, on the sidelines, on the barrier, they, they like, man, you know what? They don't really count those guys. They, they look at them as wide receivers masquerading as running backs. But at me personally, I just feel like with everything that he does, you got to make him a top five. But I can understand why yeah. people feel the way they do. I understand yep. why you feel the way that you do about Michael Thomas. Justifiably so. I'm not going to – like I said, I, I mean, I'm not here to I, change your mind. I'm going right, to yeah. agree to disagree on that. Yeah. It, it, and it's it's not even – I'm not saying like – don't get me wrong, TJ. I think AK is the best uh, running back in the league right now. I think we literally get ha- are lucky to have like arguably the best running back in the league – and arguably the best wide receiver in the league on right. on our team. Right. And and you know, and I feel like they make that case every time they actually play, you know what I'm saying? Right. And um I just feel like the reason I'm saying this is because we seen in order for AK to prosper, we need a o like a O line. We don't right. with the receiver, yeah, you need an O line, but like, you know, you could just literally like throw the ball to, you know, Michael, and most times out of night, he's going to catch it because I think he had, what, 140 receptions in, like, one drop. Like, that was absurd. Like, I can't – I like, I, like, imagine getting the ball 140 times and you only drop it once. That 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 That's so – like, that is so elite that, you know, I feel like – like you said, yeah, you could like if we get T. Higgins, we're we're gonna be better offensively. But it's just the fact that we need an O line for Alvin Kamara to be Alvin Kamara. Cause if yeah. he doesn't have that O line, we, we just end up just like struggling. And you know, and obviously he's had uh we've he's had games to where he's you know played well without you know an O line. Right. Well, but, I mean, look, I mean, but God creation, I mean, look. I mean, I, I see, I, I get your point. Alvin, uh, Alvin Kamara is is talented. You know what I'm saying? You do need an offensive line, you know what I'm saying, to be an effective running back. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas, I mean, he, he has a, a ridiculous uh, catch, you know what I'm saying, percentage rate. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he he's really, really good. You know what I'm saying? They both are really, really good. And I'm just glad that they're both, on. you know what I'm saying, on the Saints yep. team. And I'm just looking forward to seeing them next year, you know what I'm saying, together. Along with probably a few more pieces, I think they'll be just fine. But uh, God creation, um, I want to say thank you, man. Appreciate the call. Uh, call back anytime, man. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, TJ, man. Much love. All right, much love, man. Yeah, I mean, look, God creation has some good points. Um, like I said, man, like I, I disagree with the whole point about you know the the Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas thing, but me is entitled to his opinion on it, you know, and I can understand why he feels that way. But I do feel like um, Alvin Kamara, you, you will miss Alvin Kamara more than you would Michael Thomas. You know, like if, if you know, like, because I, I just think that Michael Thomas uh, is a matchup nightmare, you know what I'm saying? But Alvin Kamara, like, he's the guy that people go into the game like, man, we got to stop this dude. He's the reason why they put eight in the box. He's the reason why, you know what I'm saying, you you trying to get these athletic linebackers play sideline to sidelines. And, um, 
they do that for a reason, man. I mean, the dude like runs routes like he a receiver. He catches the ball like he's a receiver. Uh, let's see, TJ, somebody on the other line. Uh, man, we need to kick Atlanta butts with number seven. Hey, TJ, I know everybody's excited with the win, but next week, best believe the Falcons are going to give it. They're all to beat us to knock us out of the playoffs. So it's not one, two, three Cancun for them yet. Facts. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all know misery loves company. And what better way uh, to, you know, send somebody off by knocking off your bitter rival and causing them not to be able to make the playoffs. So Michael Thomas is a top five receiver, even though he hasn't played this year. Uh, who really could stop him from running a slant route or running the deep post uh, and running any comeback route? Nobody. Yeah, he, he's talented, man. I agree, TJ. As much as I don't want to admit it, AK is not the best running back in the league. Derrick Henry is by far the league's best running back now. I mean, as a pure running back, not a pass catcher. Uh, look, I like Derrick Henry. I do think that Derrick Henry deserves the title for best running back in the league. But I definitely feel like Alvin Kamara is a, is a top five running back. Okay, I, I just think that uh, what Alvin Kamara does um, is is pretty remarkable. You know, I just think that the people don't look at him as a as a a classic running back, you know what I'm saying? Like a battering ram guy, like a guy that's running up the gut, carrying a ball 20 and 30 times a game, you know what I'm saying? And, and just completely wearing down the defense. I just don't think that they look at him that way, but that's not his fault. Uh, that's not the way the Saints use him. The way the Saints use him is in a passing game as well as in the running game. So can't knock him for that. TJ, if we make the playoffs, do you think we can at least play spoiler to a team? Yeah, I do, you know, but it's going to take a Herculean effort by the defense, and it's going to take very little mistakes, well, no mistakes by the offense. Like, the way the Saints played today, one thing that a lot of people aren't paying attention to, Saints didn't really have a lot of penalties today. They didn't, you know what I'm saying? They played pretty clean. You know what I'm saying? You ain't really see too many you know what I'm saying? False starts, offsides. I mean, the only reason why they was getting those uh, encroachment penalties was because the center of the Carolina Panthers kept nodding his head down and was causing the guys to move. That I mean, I, I can take that. You know what I'm saying? That was just bad. That was just some bad calling and not being noticed by the referees. But they played pretty clean. You didn't see you didn't see any turnovers, right? I mean, you almost seen the turnover, but I mean, it didn't happen. So as long as they played clean, uh, you know what I'm saying? They control the time of possession. Anything can happen, you know, but it's going to take a Herculean effort by the defense. Jonathan Taylor is the new Derrick Henry. This dude just runs and never stops. DLP, uh, I think Jonathan Taylor is really good, uh, but he's not Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick Henry <laughs> was the leading rusher in the National Football League, I think, until like two weeks ago. And this dude hasn't played in like six or seven games. So, that tells you like what type of like tear this dude was on. Right? I mean, he was he was on a tear. Even with uh this crappy season, I'd be happy if we send the Bucks home in the playoff, even if we didn't win another game. Yeah, them were the Cowboys. Well, that would be great for me. Please give me a hell to the no, no, no. If you think the Niners are going to win over the, the Rams. Uh TJ, if our team loses to these sorry dirty birds. It's a uh, is changed everything for that. Well, look, 
I look, I don't know. I know it's a division game, right? And, and 49ers are playing the Rams. I mean, that game can go anyway, you know what I'm saying? So I, I can't give a hell to the no for that. I, I don't know what's gonna happen. I, I know division games are different. Uh facts, TJ, a clean game uh by the Saints. Not too many yellow tiles on us. Yeah. And as long as you play like that, you'll be fine. What is uh, this My Love for Michael Thomas show crying? <laughs> Not uh, lower non-material, real self. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, man, people got love for Michael Thomas, Ernest. I'm sorry, man. People people love him. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're a good, you're a good receiver. Uh, <laughs> and I just thought about what you just said, man. You know, I mean... You want to get emotional about that? I, look, I, I don't, look. That, that's your thing. You know, dude is a good receiver. I wish he was on the field right now. Uh, Keen Arthur uh, says, TJ, would you sign Jameis back or go all in, all in on Russell Wilson? I'm all for Winston. I'm signing Winston. And, and that's saying something. I'm, I'm telling you, that's saying something. Y'all know how much I love Russell Wilson. But I signed Jameis Winston. He didn't have that much of a rushing lead. Let's see. A cowboy just lost Michael Gallup for the year in the Bucks. Coach Bruce Arians had to have emergency surgery on his Achilles tendon, so we can definitely play spoiler. Well, I, I hate, you know what I'm saying, that that happened to those individuals. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't look at it like, you know, I mean, I don't look at it that way. But, you know, I mean, these guys go out there, they put their hearts on the line. They're trying to take care of their families. They're trying to do the things that they can in order for them to be able to you know, be some of the best. Uh, and also, man, these two guys right here, Gallup and uh, Godwin, man, I feel bad for them because these dudes could have made some really big money uh, in the offseason, uh, finally getting that role as that possible number one receiver for a team that needs one. So it's not a good look. Unfortunately, it happened. But if the Saints land in the playoffs, you know, I would hope that they would put forth the best effort, you know, and, and if they – just so happen to play Tampa. They just so happen to play the Cowboys. Um, hope they win. Uh, TJ, we need Ian Book back out there, right? Uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> hell no. To the no, no, no. Hell to the no. <laughs> uh, I know that's why you did that. Uh, TJ, should we take three receivers in the draft? Or just keep Mike T. Harris and Callaway. Once again. Hell no. To the no, no, no. Hell to the no. Nah, man. Uh, I'm out on uh cap. I'm out, out on uh I keep Harris and Callaway, but I don't think we need to get three receivers. Okay. I, I think that the Saints need to get a receiver, an offensive lineman. Maybe sign a, a free agent offensive lineman, uh, you know, in the all season. So get yourself a rookie, uh, get sign yourself somebody in free agency, get yourself a receiver, and also possibly get yourself another safety. Because I don't know if you're gonna sign Malcolm Jenkins back. You know what I'm saying? Get somebody that can be, uh, you know, the successor to uh, Malcolm Jenkins. Because I, I think that you know he's he's playing solid, man, but. I mean, you already got like a succession plan for Demario Davis and Pete Werner. Like this dude is gonna be special. Like year two, that dude is gonna be on the tear if he stay healthy. Um, but I think you need somebody like for safety, you know, like for Malcolm Jenkins. 
Keep Lil Jordan Humphrey on the practice squad. Uh, I think Lil Jordan Humphrey probably played himself out in New Orleans. No, I'm serious. Like, I think somebody gonna end up signing him. Uh, I think PJ Williams uh signed it. I mean, uh played himself out in New Orleans. Like, I, I don't think the Saints are gonna sign him to the one-year deal, not not next year, you know. But they 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 like I will say this though, it was a smart decision, you know. What I'm saying hindsight is 2020. Um PJ Williams. You know, isn't the PJ was was not the PJ Williams that we seeing right now. So I can understand all these one year deals. So it just happened that you know what I'm saying like he he kind of you know boomed instead of bust uh, this season. So I don't think that he's going to come back to the Saints. I think somebody going to end up paying him. And I think uh, he resurrected his career being at the safety position because you can you can probably say that PJ Williams probably the man. He he definitely like. Top two, top three best uh player in that secondary. He definitely making plays. <laughs> definitely TJ Jameson is an awesome quarterback, and I hope he uh comes back stronger. Yeah, me too. Me too, man. Hey TJ, uh, you can your thoughts on Brock Lesnar winning the chip again. Um, I didn't think it was bad. I just feel bad for the guys in the match. Uh, you know the match was supposed to go a different way, uh, until you know they found out Roman Reigns had COVID. And they had to change the match. So as a guy that's in the match, who probably was told that I'm going to win. And then all of a sudden change the plans. Brock Lesnar going to win the match. I probably would be ticked off. So, but I mean, it was a solid match. And I think they probably going to try to, uh, you know, have Roman fight Brock. And they're going to try to, you know, have him battle for both of the titles. And maybe they just going to have one undisputed title. That way Roman can be on both shows, be on both Raw and SmackDown. That's probably what it is. Because I think USA is upset that Fox has Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns is the main attraction. And so that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to uh, try to unify the titles. Let's see. I would have to say that this is a look down upon the Saints receivers as not being the reason why they're not winning. They're only part of the reason. Yes. Uh, offensive line struggles also uh tight end man did a tight end catch a pass today that's what i want to know did a tight end catch a pass i don't think so i mean adam Trautman, i seen him out there he had that leg brace on Jawan johnson almost got killed almost got, almost got his ribs broke because of that pass Taysom hill through and um i didn't see nick vernett so tight end man we we need some help we need some help there somebody need to call cameron brader uh O.J. Howard or something, man. They, they need some help. Tell that to A.K. Face. Dude is in love. T.J. Real <laughs> soft. Mike T. Sold us out. And by the way, using thy uh, Lord name in vain. <laughs> Ernest, you ain't going to let him have it, huh? <laughs> you ain't going to let him have it. <laughs> Let's see. I don't think so. I'm going to read a few more, and then we're going to get up out of here, man. Uh, I saw that dude from Utah and was like, the Saints need him. <laughs> yeah, man. And I also seen that that guy was from Ohio State, but he's not eligible for the draft the next year, who had 347 yards, but he had three touchdowns and 15 catches. My goodness. That man was on a tear. And finally, Jerry Lewis uh, says, is anyone going to admit it was a mistake to let Jared Cook um, go? Uh, was it a mistake? I guess you have to say it was. I mean, as much as you, you get mad at what Jared Cook did, I guarantee you we wish we had him today or this season. I do. 
Okay, I, I do. I know people mad, but I would take them over anything we got right now. TJ, we need a running back to compliment AK. Yeah, thought uh, you know, Mark was going to do it, but you know, Mark has reached a, a, a age where you know, what I'm saying he's going to continue to have those uh, injuries, and you know, I'm glad to see him back. I think he should be able to retire as a Saint. I mean. Mark Ingram is going to have an incredible career, you know, say after football. I mean, he's going to – he's most likely going to be working for ESPN, you know what I'm saying, going college football because he's such an animated guy. Um, he's so he's so likable, you know what I'm saying? And um, I, I just see him up there, you know what I'm saying, like being one of those guys. So uh, he's had an incredible career, you know what I'm saying? I do think he has a little bit left in the tank, but – I just think that the Saints need to move on from that. And I don't even think they need to try to get Tony Jones Jr. I think they need to try to get themselves another running back. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. Really do appreciate the love and the support that everybody shows. And also, I just want to acknowledge uh, everybody in the chat. Uh, thank you all so much. Uh, before you go, if you can be so kind, if you have not already, hit that like button. Need to get the likes up, folks. You know, a lot of people enjoy the show, but don't seem like a lot of people are hitting that like button. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to support the show, uh, please subscribe and also hit that like button, you know, because we want to get these numbers up, man. We want to let everybody know about the State of the Saints podcast. And also uh, the State of the Saints podcast is available on the PSKN Podcast Network, as y'all can see right there above the screen. Uh, PSKN Podcast Network, uh, not only uh, is the State of the Saints podcast there, but you can uh, get coverage for all uh, 32 teams. So if you're a fan of the Bucks or the, the Falcons or the Carolina Panthers, there's a representative uh, for that. Um, it, it, there's a representative uh, for you. So check out the PSK Podcast Network. Also, uh, we're brought to you by Manscaped.com. Use the promo code uh, State of Saints. You'll save 20% off. Um, also, I uh, want to give a special shout out to uh, you know, all the people that, that, that chimed in uh, with the, you know, question of the day um, later on this week, I'm going to um, be doing like another quiz where, you know, we can probably uh, do another contest. So keep it locked right here to the State of Saints podcast. Um, I suppose I have a special guest on the State of the Saints podcast this week. Um, uh, Junior Gallette, um is supposed to be a guest here on the State of the Saints podcast. We talked about Wednesday. I still have to confirm with him a date, uh, a time on Wednesday. So uh, we're going to have Julian Gallette on the show. We're going to be talking to him about, you know, some of the things that's going on and also just uh, his time with the New Orleans Saints. So uh, keep it locked. I, I keep you posted um, on when, you know, that is actually uh, going to happen. Also, uh going to be on the State of the Saints podcast. I got to work out a time uh, with her, uh, but some of you, I'm pretty sure I'm familiar with uh, Aaron Summers. All right, Aaron Summers, uh, who who you see after all the Saints uh, games, the post game, be alongside John DeShazer. Uh, she'll be on the show um, this week. So keep it locked right here, man. Got a lot of things coming up. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com, search The State of the Saints Podcast. Facebook.com, search The State of the Saints Podcast. Previous episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and anchor fm uh thank you mike for the two dollars says rather have sanders over cook right now i agree with that i think that you will have more production at the wide receiver position if you had that so i agree with that but thank you all so much uh have a great morning noon night whenever you're checking out this podcast and like always 
All I got to say is, who that? <laughs>